Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And welcome to Spotlight, not the Grapple Weekend show, for Friday, the 8th of April, I think, I don't know, I'm all confused, JP, it's a Friday, hello, <laughs> I'm Beno, <laughs> and I'm JP, and I'm really confused as to what show this is, I mean, we can show Grapple Spotlight preview special, like, it feels like that, or Grapple Mania Backlash, is I think we used Yeah, we used that last year, didn't we, I think that works, it's kind of the, uh, the wrap-up show, I suppose, of like, you know... We, we buried our, our poor patrons in mountains of content over the weekend and podcasts and stuff, so we've given them a, uh, a few days to get through, and obviously we had the uh, the big weekend uh, in Leeds as well, but I think I think me and you just needed uh, a few days off as well as we do uh, each time this year, but I thought the best thing we could do, drafting some uh, drafting a recruitment to, uh, to help us uh, navigate you know the, uh, the last week or so to, uh, to catch up on and uh, talk off big highlights from Grapplemania. I mean, he was he was there in live in Leeds, drawing the raffle, as only he could do. It's the man himself. It's Andy Ogden. All right, Andy, all right. Hello, party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. <laughs> Not doing bad, lads. Uh, good to have you, mate. I've been oh. catching you right in the midst of a, a big entry weekend, so appreciate you uh, you making the time for us to... Uh, we're going to do a two-hour breakdown now, Joe, you spring break, and particularly the clusterfuck. I hope you're, uh, you're up for that, mate. Oh, well up for it. Well up for it. Time of my life, that show. <laughs> How are you feeling after the weekend? Were you like us? Were you trying to watch everything? Um, to be honest, um, I weren't doing too bad up until about Friday evening. Then Saturday, I, I was out all day um, at Avro FC, them of uh, footy scram fame. Mm. So mm. I totally missed all like, the afternoon shows like NXT. And when I got in at half 11 that night, I was, I was pissed. Um, so it's just like <laughs> best, best go to bed, best go to bed, and then watch a bit of Mania in the morning. It's just been mm. try to catch up with bits like during the week when I've had when I've had time. Mainly to mainly today in between all the horse racing, but yeah, no, there's too much of it. Our podcast, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, we. Uh... No, 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 never enough <laughs> wrestling. Okay, yeah, that too. Both really in a JP. We uh, we were busy mate at the weekend. 
Oh, busy and fucked as well at the same time. Like it was, it was, it was a mad kind of couple of weeks. I, you were much better than me, and uh, yeah, by like Friday, I'd found myself like kind of well behind and needed what was effectively a post Leeds kind of extended hangover, mm-hmm. which felt like I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to like finish like kind of the impact show and, and stuff like that. But yeah, watching it alongside this weekend, a mad weekend of sport, mm. just crazy fucking amount of sport on this weekend. Like Andy mentions the national Liverpool, Man City will be a, 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 a lively affair. You've got the masters, you've got Tiger Woods, you know, stone cold Tiger Woods, two <laughs> knee braces, getting around, like getting around Augusta. Be mm. brilliant. Getting a younger lad in there to do all the hard work, but like fundamentally making him look look like a star as well. But it's where the tiger puts him over at the end. So that'll be intriguing. But he's too over at the minute, so he might be struggling. Just as hope he makes the cut. <laughs> Very Vince McMahon, Pat McAfee kind of uh, set up there. But no, like oh. as far as like the weekend goes, yeah, obviously you know thankful to the people who pitched in and yes. helped us out. Obviously, Jamesy jumped on, uh, which I'm really proud of that show. We were reviewed blood sports yes. and other very Jamesy topics um, over there on the Patreon. We had Suit Williams on as well. Me and Suit uh, did, the, did the fun uh, breakdown of the uh, the ROH show on uh, on Saturday as well. It was awesome. If that wasn't enough, we would do it. I mean, I think I need bad check, JP. We were literally doing podcasts in the car on the way back on back and forth from Leeds as well, the, the, the Grapple Mania on the road series with uh, with Matty, uh, <laughs> Gareth and Crewy as well. It was just one of them. It was like, yeah, we, we, I just felt like the, the, the patrons might just be uh, missing the sound of our voice by uh, by Monday morning, so I just give, felt like giving them even more. Mate, there's a, there, there was a lot. Like, I mean, I felt bad when I didn't do the first couple of daily updates, and then I suddenly realised people had a lot to catch up on. There was a lot of fucking audio to catch mm. up on, on it. But it was great. Um, you know, a massive shout out to Martin in terms of like, you know, uh, the, the, all the hard work he did behind scenes, along with obviously yourselves. Um, it was it was brilliant. Like, loved it. Um, even loved booing Triple H at the walkabout <laughs> while you were hosting, while you were giving away some of the quiz questions, Ben O'Connor, <laughs> with your Tuesday in Texas. I did my best. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was a long day because obviously we had. Um, Leads in the, uh, in the in the afternoon, and obviously thank you to everybody who uh, who came out for that. You know, especially you know the, those of our patrons and non patrons who uh, who came out and uh, yeah. supported us there for our podcast. We got we got really lucky on the day because we had uh, Damien Abraham uh, of Fucked Up uh, was it was in town yeah. and came in and did a, a live interview with Davey. That was a laugh. I think to be honest, my highlight today was probably Andy Ogden there doing the uh, doing the raffle, mate. You did that, uh, a hell of a you the did raffle. the best job with that yeah. than I did with the uh, the raffle in the walkabout later on the night. Co- that was uh, co- causing a riot, weren't I, Benno? I feel like your Jeff won pretty much all of it, so you know. Hey, you know, you know, you know what, <laughs> you know what, fourth prize that Vince McMahon um, pop figure in the Bay Fifty Two voucher. Mm-hmm. Next day, he gave it me back. He said, "You can have that. I'm not in a pop figure." God. So yeah. <laughs> back on my shelf now. <laughs> but yeah, I think the best thing about Leeds, to be honest, it was like it was all that stuff. It was just being there and like the Northern Monk Refectory, which is an amazing venue. Like just the mm-hmm. like, people coming in to check it out for their potential wedding coming oh. up. And I, I let them in. I was like, Oh yeah, have a look around, don't worry, we're just doing a, a podcast thing. But like just being there was enough. Like if that was down the road from me, I'd be there every 
bloody weekend just for the you know, the quality of the beer and just for what a yeah. nice place it was. But I think that was the highlight, to be honest, just like having everyone there, like you know, mm. like to Don and uh, Chris in the chat and every, everyone who kind of came down and chatting shit. And it was almost a shame we had to interrupt it with a couple of podcasts, but you know, the podcasts were still good, JP. Yeah. Oh, loved them. They were great. I mean, it was probably as 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 most a time as we've ever been in our lives. I'm still not quite sure how we managed to kind of pull it off, but it was it was brilliant. Like across the board, from like I thought our stuff and our five to ones with Matthew was in, in in amazing form. Having Gareth back on, mm. missed it. It was it was it was brilliant. Um, obviously, we had an issue with the mics at the beginning, but I don't know. <laughs> somehow we managed managed to work. Um, uh, Davey, not related, the, no, um, not at all. <laughs> the, the quiz with um, with Jeff and Chris Elliott, um, then going on to like the the interview with Damon Abram, who's a lovely bloke. Oh, I could hear him. I could listen to him talk for like three yeah. hours. Like we were that was the that was the thing with it being a live day. Like we were our, our segment at the start was uh, was half an hour, and you know was like half an hour was a was a was a struggle to kind of get in, but we managed it, and we went about half an hour for the uh, the BWE booth that me, you, and uh, and Gareth came back for as well. JP with uh, oh, with yeah. Andy, but. If we could have possibly given even more time to uh, to Damien, like that man can tell stories. Um, I saw you having a crap with him in the corner, JP. So I don't know what mischief you two were uh, were plotting, but uh, well, that's a podcast I'd listen to as well. Gentleman doesn't tell, does he? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely would do because, like, his just talking about wrestling, but also kind of non wrestling stuff as well, because he's incredibly like politically aware. But mm. if you haven't seen the Vi- the series he did for Vice, I still think it's on all four. But the, the wrestlers, wrestlers yeah. it was it was great. Um, yeah, and I think for him it was like probably seemed like because Canada's not that long out of kind of not lockdown necessarily, but a lot of the restrictions, mm. and it felt like kind of mad how much of like the um, like you know coming in and it's just basically business as usual. Mm. Isn't, it? isn't it around there but he was he was tremendous as well yeah yeah absolutely loved it and the room 101 i think we all got one thing in there at least didn't we it's a fix that yeah. but uh yeah <laughs> i did yeah. win overall so i can't complain uh, but yeah did better saying that i was gonna say i did better than your jeff did than in mastermind andy but hey, you won the thing you beat uh chris who's in the chat there that was uh, another win for the was, weekend he was really surprised at that honestly he really was mm. But I think I think he got luck of the draw really because uh, some of the questions um, Chris had, you know, about talking segments, I was like, I'm not a clue, and I'm, I'm I'm quite clued up on like WWE stuff. I was I was stumped. I was surprised when he picked WrestleMania as like as um, was it WrestleMania in the nineties or something or the first yeah, WrestleMania one to ten. It's yeah. because he had a book. He had, he has a book at home. WrestleMania like like yeah, the first thirty WrestleMania. So he was. Um, Said he was cluing himself up on that, and then his electric went in his house. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! But no, we, we made it work. It was a bit like you said there, JP. It was a very uh, grapple setup in that. Yeah, the mics didn't work initially. So, anyone who's a patron will have heard. We've got the full audio from the day uh, uploaded. It's mm. I think it, it, it's acceptable quality. Um, mm. There's been a lot of gorilla yeah. recording this weekend in cars, you know, on phones and in random little places. But you know, anyone anyone curious can check it out. I haven't quite decide if I'm going to put the grapple bit on the uh, on the free feed yet. Uh, I don't know whether the, uh, the world is, uh, is ready for that or not. Cause, uh, <laughs> Matty was on one uh, during it. He was absolutely the, uh, the oh. star of, uh, of our part of the show. But it is, the whole thing is there. People want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would 
say definitely sign up like one of the things i think it was like you do too much fucking recording as a as a as a, as a quote, quote coming kind of back to us thought that's a fair shout isn't it so but if you want all of that pa- patreon.com forward Don't slash grapple no it's like loads of audio normally there'd be daily updates and piddier sides about what happened on the next basically been week. daily updates it's just daily different types of podcasts wrestlemania x7 daily di- exactly there's so much other stuff on there as well and yeah wrestlemania x7 i loved that show as oh. well if you want to yeah. go back and watch, watch classic austin killed ourselves to put the content out this week and yeah obviously sunday yeah. was kind of the uh the main event of it all i was i was glad when we were done and we could like kind of relax out well you could relax out a few beers and then i had to go and host the quiz at the walk about you have to be responsible mate <laughs> oh it's so hard not to crack uh any jokes about when the answers to some of the questions were like jimmy snooker and chris benoit and <laughs> yeah, it's just i had to uh i was like i was richard mate i wasn't benno on the night i was um i was work benno rather than regular benno you tried you tried to get two blokes to start a fight for some reason. <laughs> like, you know, you're just getting them to like ch- challenge up to each other. That was that was kind of odd. That wasn't on me. They had like a promo contest type thing, and uh, yeah, we uh, they kind of <laughs> it did. It, it broke the mic well, broke in the end, so I was kind of glad for the uh, the reprieve, so that I could just get off and go and have a drink. But no, um, our mate uh, mm-hmm. James uh, addressed as Sami Zayn did. Uh, did almost yes. get a started on by just some random book in the walkabout who took exception um, to, to, to them. But no, like that that was a laugh. And yeah, obviously, they said earlier, I did unfortunately during the uh, the quiz, one of the questions was something like, oh, uh, oh, oh, it was like, it was about Tuesday in Texas. So I started riffing about it. I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, I had the, uh, the Survivor Series uh, 92 VHS, 91 VHS. I used to, uh, you know, always talk about this. But, but anyway, on to the question. Um, what? pay-per-view took place days before Tuesday. <laughs> like, oh, shit. So maybe that's why the Ogdens won. Maybe that that extra uh, one point is, uh, is going to look at you. Well, I, d- I didn't win. I was with Matty, the oh, IWC. Were, yeah. Oh, was it Jeff or that? Yeah, that was a good name. Yeah, the IWC. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody marked your Jeff's quiz paper and gave, they gave them 41 out of 40, which like I, yeah. I kind of just disregarded and, and assumed there was some kind of mistake. And, you know, I was, I was about to give... IWC the uh, the winning uh, the, the winning call on the day, but I had to second look at it and they had one. I think it was like thirty eight or thirty nine out of forty. And top three. 30, 38. Yeah, top three were all on. It was the IWC team, it was the other team on your table, and it was Jeff's team as well. So I knew that had happened. I, I knew we'd go in there and we'd wipe the floor with these uh, these casual WWE fans. <laughs> just a stitch up, mate. And I love that. More for that kind of stitch up as well. <laughs> Hopefully, that probably won't be us invited back to any events. But there you go. Just edit this back out. No one hears it. Maybe not after that promo battle, Jesus. Wasn't organised. Wasn't organised. No, but it was. It was brilliant. And, and and just to say as well, the ten minutes I waited to scream in Davy's face while he was asleep, pretending I was excited about the winner of the women's tag for him to to punch me in the mouth. As you literally a, punched as the way, I haven't got video with it, but Davy. Like Davy's instant reaction was like defense, and he kind of just just stood up and stuff. I just took shows a you where his mind's at. Just <laughs> show you where his mind's at, isn't it? It's just like it's violence on the brain with Davy Portman, which I wouldn't have expected. But uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> it was brilliant meeting up. With, I felt like with it deserved it, mate. Got to be honest. Oh, I thoroughly deserved it. I was a dickhead. <laughs> I, when I get pissed up, I I can act like a child. 
there you go. Blame uh, the chocolate well porter that, for that. That video I put on Twitter of uh, of Davy and Gareth completely asleep. <laughs> coincidentally, was and Matty's all by the way was coincidentally during the uh, the uh, Edge and, uh, and AJ Styles match. Not that I'm you know saying anything about that match, but you know, it kind of. Uh, <laughs> kind of Gar- Gareth won money off that match as well. He won. Yeah, um, he did, didn't he? Got the correct time right, didn't he? Mm. About fifteen quid, I think he won. 20, yeah. Was it 24 minutes he got? 20, 24 minutes. I had 27. Benno had 28. So I was like, come on, come on, lads. You've got another three minutes in your ear. Wasn't to be. The only reason to watch it, to want an like an edge match to go long, is if you've got yeah. money on it. That <laughs> can work. You should do that for New Japan like main events, isn't it? Because then you'd be like, come on, lads. You've got another 10 minutes in your ear yet. Yeah. 28 minutes, you fucking cowards. <laughs> Let's go near 40. It was funny, like it was like an Ironman contest seeing who, who would last the night. Like one by one, people were just <laughs> dropping like flies. Where oh. people were. It was a long day, you know, several podcasts in a day and then a, and then a live WrestleMania afterwards. Maybe next time we'll do it without the live WrestleMania attached. Maybe that might be a uh, <laughs> better selling point, but... I think so. No, it was it was good to but see it... all the turnout. Obviously, everyone did great on the day. You know, Chris Elliott, who's in the chat, um, was great with it. With uh, with Davy, it was great to meet him as well. Great to meet Danny, yeah. as we mentioned. Martin did a, a killer job of uh, putting it all yeah. together as well. And you know, it was great to uh, to have Gareth back with us for one night only. Even if I did several times through the day, try and guilt him into uh, into coming on more. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, <laughs> no, it was good. I, I said, look, you don't like your family that much. Come on, mate. get back recording. <laughs> I felt bad because the morning after, like we were all absolutely out of it. But he had a good little kip um, during the show. Maybe not so much in yeah. the hotel room when I probably kept him up with a store. And but I think he was ready to go at like seven in the morning. But I don't <laughs> think me and Massey and that got moving to about midday. But I've been like that all week. Honestly, I've been struggling to kind of oh. just get back, even to my level of normality after like th- those few days of recording and uh, and leads at the weekends. But Maybe we'll make it an annual tradition, JP. Maybe we'll uh, we'll do it again next year. Oh, I think so. I think I, I look forward to it. You know, get 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 the lions in the fire. Try and think of uh, another another way of doing it. But like, yeah, those at my age, those kind of piss ups hurt. Like, <laughs> I can't do what like Andy. You'd be there to the bitter end. I was also out on the piss the day after. You like when we woke up? When me and Jeff went for breakfast, and then. Uh, I think we stopped in Leeds till about five five o'clock, having a having a few scoops. I don't feel like I saw any Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the back of Garrett's car, recorded the podcast, recorded more podcasts, went to a walkabout and came home. Could have been anywhere, like any city <laughs> in the country. Uh, but no, the other the other thanks I want to send out as well. Thanks to Carl Gack as well, obviously for oh, Daily and thank the, you, Carl. The fine t-shirts uh, that I've got there. Nice Brilliant photos. T-shirts he got me, but mainly the uh, the photos, yeah, that he took. There's loads of uh, great ones for the weekend for anyone who uh, who wants to take a look who uh, who wasn't there on Carl's uh, photography page on uh, on Facebook, and there'll be plenty in the. Uh, in the show images uh, here as well today, but yeah, incredible, incredible, incredible day, and just yeah, absolutely uh, worth all the uh, the work that went into it. But do know at the end of that JP, do we, do we have plugs? I think that kind of covers the plugs. Go to the Patreon, you know where all that stuff oh, is. I think that's listen all to Eddie and um, listen to Eddie Kingston and WH Park on post. I want that for a plug. That was yeah. an incredible uh, bit of business this week, wasn't it? Wouldn't you like to see more wrestlers do that? Mm. in many ways like yeah. that kind of stuff like really kind of dive into their kind of fandom for that yeah. But yeah i was i was really like yeah loved listening to that i was made up with i'll be recording with wh um during the week we're doing mcu later and moon night 
that's a fucking letdown from Eddie Kingston. Sorry, folks. God, you're no worse than really, that. Really... Isn't it... <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say. His next guest on post on the Old Japan 90 series. It's me. <laughs> so yes! Guys. I wasn't just yes! doing a bit on Twitter when I was trying to pretend I was the special guest. He's going from Eddie Kingston, giving knowledgeable background mm. and passion uh, about uh, Old Japan in the 90s to me. So, yeah, he's he's got that stuff <laughs> yeah. over too. Hey, I'm following Eddie Kingston on a podcast, so that makes me uh, that that makes me happy. But that was it. It was. Uh, did you see any of it, Andy? Like, like I was watching it. What, yeah, no, I saw saw, saw saw it all. It, it sort of reminded me of like the um, the bookmakers down the road from about twenty years ago, just uh, waking up in his vest and like coming into work. It was it was fun though, really <laughs> good. Vest. He was dressed about as well as uh, Moxley was at that uh, that wedding he was at. That yeah. <laughs> but he turned I, love, in like a I did see a photo. He was wearing a shirt later on, wasn't he? he was, I he think was wearing so. A Cincinnati Bengals t-shirt. Before yeah, Bengals t-shirt. Like everyone's all dressed in suits and stuff at the wedding. Uh, I love him and Renai. They got a, a great little situation. But no, Eddie Eddie was on top form and yeah, he looked. He looks. Uh, he's the man in that. He can pull a vest off. Uh, maybe I'll wear one when I uh, when I'm on there with uh, with WH. But yeah, if you haven't checked out that out. Uh, Check that out, but I suppose yeah, as we are kind of got a billion things to uh, to get through, we should get to them. And obviously, you know, we said at the top we're gonna uh, give some you know broad stroke thoughts on the big news coming out of uh, WrestleMania. And obviously, JP, uh, you, you haven't had the chance to uh, to put your thoughts on on audio over the uh, the, the two nights mm. and ROH as well. Um, we didn't get your your thoughts on over the weekend on the Patreon as well, but plenty of news coming out of that and plenty of, uh, you know, we can talk our favourite performers and uh, and matches from the uh, the long WrestleMania week, but obviously we've got our uh, start at the top, JP, with the uh, the big news story of the day that's uh, been breaking on uh, on Twitter as we uh, talk this afternoon, and that is obviously the big story of LA Park and his shit son's being sacked from MLW, mate. Are you wow. okay? I mean... <laughs> is everything all right? I, I'm frankly... I'm amazed they lasted that long. I, I just <laughs> What's destroyed. the story? Did they beat people up or something in ring? So, yeah, no, no, they beat up. So they started shooting on Jacob Fatu, which <laughs> if you saw the series, when he was having a drink and a tab. That seemed like you were playing with fire. Hmm. And then after that, they, uh, um, yeah, Alex Hammerstone came in and they started, like, he got a big cut on his head as well. Like, and then they, they fucked him off. The Suns are no loss whatsoever. They are shit. <laughs> they can wear the outfit and they can stand there while he cooks the food. But LA Park, he's one of one of wrestling's great piss takers. Mm. Like, there's a reason why he's in one of the great squash matches of all time. And it's his dance that kind of makes it, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, for him, I have all the credit in the world. MLW is a bit of a like wild shit show like that. And you're gonna get that with LA Park, he'll be back in before the end of the year. It's Court Bauer, it's LA Park. They'll work this into an angle. A couple of, like it's carny boys doing carny shit. This is what happens. It's like Loki I love it. business love that kind of stuff. from himself on Mania Weekend and starting on that fan. You get what you pay for. You bring in LA Park. You bring in a Loki. You bring in, you know, that's what that's what Court does. He's the uh, he's the bad respirer. The all these problematic boys of wrestling's past. He can uh, find a way to use them, but it's gonna go wrong at some point. Oh yeah, I mean, he was bringing in Teddy Hart from the fucking start, like on extended runs. What do you think is going to happen when you bring Teddy Hart? Actually, that covers a hell of a lot of ground if you yeah. know the rumours are about him. Christ, like, yeah, it's more like a fucking episode of True Detective, to be frank with you, like <laughs> his life. But it, it, it's, it's yeah, it, it's you hire these guys and you bring them in, and this is what they're going to do, aren't they? It's, you know, get them in Noah. 
because I think that's where um, LA Park will go down the storm. I think he's over 50. He, uh, you know, doesn't like uh, booking. Somehow, though, Court did manage to get him to put people over. A bit like he did with Loki. I don't know how he gets him to do that part, which has always been the problem with these guys, like putting people over. But, you know. Yeah, the sons are no loss. They'll they'll never be good. They're shit. They're just big lads and his kids. <laughs> Maybe you can follow Big Mike Algans an hour. Maybe that's the uh, you know, oh. big influx of uh, <laughs> foreign talent. With Ninja back too, you know it could work. Uh, I guess Slex you know, is a good shout. <laughs> I've got Slex. I'm all right with, but yeah, oh, makes sense. I'm guessing you're on MLW viewer, uh, Andy. A couple of year ago, I probably was, but nah. Right. I'm just took it out of my life. <laughs> better off better off without it I think you are especially you with don't the know about that. What's, le- what's left mate what's left you know you've only got, you've only got one shit um, Sons of Wrestling tag team left now mate what are you going to do you know? <laughs> well you, you've got your boy Hammer like what more do you want at this point <laughs> he's been showing like, up by in his lifts and his boots I know he's been shown up by the Suns but that oh. they show everyone up even the Von Eric <laughs> they're still about oh. they've not gone pure Von Eric have they there you go. The, the shit sun quotes are still taken care of, but now obviously the the big news of the other day. Obviously, you know I don't know how much uh, AW we're gonna uh, gonna chat today. Well, I'm sure we'll make some uh, some time for some. But on the news front, obviously today uh, it'd be announced that uh, that AW Dynamite and uh, and Rampage are gonna air on mm-hmm. New Japan World. Um, it mentions possibility going forward with a uh, with Japanese commentary, which makes me think it's probably. Probably going to be region blocked. I think uh, TNT and uh, yeah. and fight probably wouldn't love it if, uh, if we could all watch it. Although you know, New Japan World numbers are, are low, so don't know if it's that big an issue. And yeah, Tony Khan coming out swinging Twitter. It wasn't the only thing he was kicking off about. Apparently, uh, everybody who uh, who has a go at AW on Twitter are, are bots. Um, he's got proof of this, and we should all do our own research. I mean. I mean, I knew this from day one. I knew all those lads telling me to uh, sign some bitches were uh, were bots, mate. It was uh, it was never gonna be uh, never gonna be real. And all of these WWE Garrett types uh, who, who all of a sudden are, uh, are riding for uh, for Vince McMahon. Guns to Tony. It's all made up, mate. It's all uh, it's all a bot form. He didn't quite say Russia, but you know, Russian bot form type stuff. That's <laughs> that's, that's where it it's all coming from. Is what he implied <laughs> from the people who brought you rigged elections. And like on a dodgy referendums, they're now trying to rig a rig what people think of AEW, a professional wrestling television product. That's a hell of a leap that they would do it. Would I put it past WWE? Absolutely not. I mean, I'd prefer it in many ways if this is like sort of a Vladimir Putin distraction away from a from a, a war in Ukraine that isn't going well according to plan. So, um, like you look at that and you think. Where's this, like, I worry about Tony at times. Mm. He's got a lot of very serious jobs and he's messing around with this shite. Like, <laughs> I'm not Jamie Carragher, but if they get promoted to the Premier League and they start off badly, this is the shit that they'll bring up. Like, it's this kind of stuff. And they'll bring him up screaming behind Samoa Joe and going, like, as a Premier League chairman. Like, you know, it... it you know, let alone the whole Jacksonville stuff. So yeah, I I, I don't know with Tony. Sometimes you just think, yeah, he's it's that it's that message board poster in it. Message board poster the end. That's what he is. 
Oh, he what is, you, isn't he? What do you make of the, the New Japan World stuff, Andy? Do you reckon it's a, a big deal? I mean, I suppose it says something to the uh, the strength of the AEW New Japan relationship now. Like, if you had mentioned this two years ago, it would have felt like some kind of miracle, wouldn't it? That, you know, that, that they are, uh, are now in that position and have got that kind of uh, kinship with them. Yeah, no, no, it is a, it is a big deal. Def, definitely. So it's, it's Japan only, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think so, yeah. We, we, will, we won't be getting anything over it. But, no, it's, it's nice. It's nicely actually getting into into bed with them. And I know there's talk of super shows and, and what have you. So it can only be good for, like, both sides because New Japan needs a kick up the arse. And, uh, you know, it gets AEW to that next level. But mm. uh, just following up about, like, Tony Khan, he just, we're just reading it, it just seems gotten to, doesn't it? Just think, put, yeah. put, put, put the phone down, Tony. And then yeah. he just, in between the tweets, he does put out a plug, oh, you've got to go and watch Rampage <laughs> and what have you. Ever, ever the marketing genius, but yeah, just just put the phone down. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Like Usually it's like late at night, like where you can tell he's on one, but this was like middle of the afternoon, so I don't know what's going on on uh, mm. in Tony Carwell's on a radio afternoon, but I, I don't know if we can say for legal reasons. Um, <laughs> it, it's it, it, what I would say about the New Japan thing as well. I mean, that's fascinating because it is, yeah, it's it's Japan only. So it it like it, there's so many wrestlers who, at the time when they would have signed with AEW, particularly around the pandemic, if those people coming in, you kind of thought, well, AEW does offer that i that that Jericho type deal where they could go to New Japan and work. And there seems to be a lot of those people. Like I think when FTR came in, you just thought, are oh, they going to want to go to Japan? Because they're going to want to have an IWGP tag team title reign in there. And it feels like New Japan needed. They would have seen the business with the Noah show. They need to raise awareness of AEW. They hold the trump card in Kenny Omega. Um, it's something that's worthwhile doing. I, Danielson will want to work a G1. <laughs> Like he will have that in, within his contract. That's the thing he's going to do. I might not be around in July, August because I'll be in be in Japan. They're opening up now, so it's, if you've got work visas, you can go there. I just don't think it's tourists at this point. So at, at that stage, you kind of think there's going to be people going over, and it's just a, a virtuous circle. It works out well for everyone. Um, in a sense, this happening. But New Japan need this relationship. It's gone from a long time of New Japan keeping them at arm's length, all these various favours and stuff. And I think they've realised with their live event business that they need the G up that really AEW can offer them. Yeah, that's it. And we're at a time as well where, you know, yeah, New Japan interest in... It's kind of like the dream when AEW was formed, it was the dream relationship, wasn't it? And now it's a bit like, mm. I suppose that sounds cool, but you know, on the New Japan side, it does make things a lot interesting, but those are there by John, you know, big thing here is WWE lost their TV deal in Japan earlier this year. So, you know, while they're not on TV in Japan, you know, slightly more accessible, mm. you know, it could mean, as James has said there, you know, some kind of New Japan content on a future mm. AEW streaming service. I could see, uh, could see that coming through. It's just, it's Tony pulling the, you know, the good sides of wrestling together. That's what I like. He's, uh, you know, yes, he Rebel Alliance, mate. Yeah, that's it. That's that's what he's, that's what he's forming. It's yeah. only, it's only a matter of weeks before he goes off one about. It's three in the morning, and he's um, for whatever reason does like a big <laughs> tweet thread about Cody Rhodes. It's it's coming. It's happening soon. Like a jilted ex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a great day on Twitter when that happens. You know, all this nicey nicey stuff. 
there's something beneath the surface here with this one. Oh, it's it's going to kick off soon, like with a lot of this stuff, like in terms of the competitiveness and and the rest of it, and you know, it, it's it, yeah, saying that AEW bought their American partners that works. Like if they can get like you know they've got a lot of Ring of Honor footage already on there, but it just works out well for everyone. I think it's if they can tie it into the streaming service in some way and they can get some of the shows on there, if they can get, like, even just isolated matches, like your Omegas, certainly Omega Jericho, which is yeah. obviously seen as being, like, the big genesis and him saying, I want that on the first pay-per-view because that drew so well um, for, for New Japan. That's going to be absolutely fascinating for that. And again, it's just an award, what they need is more content. That's the, that's the route they need to go down. So I guess we'll uh, we'll see where where that ends up. But yeah, it's one of them. It feels like because the eyes of the world have been on um, on other stuff and it being like WrestleMania weekend and all of that. I just feel like Tony's trying to you know call back a bit of that attention, trying to you know keep keep uh, AW's um, name in uh, in everyone's uh, everyone's mouth. Um, I've got to say, like you know, to talk the the Mania week stuff and like it did feel odd. You know, sitting there watching WrestleMania on Saturday, and you know, we we used to kind of seeing things the other way around, where AEW is the the cool place to be, and they've got you know the cool debut coming in. Although we did get one on Wednesday um, that I'm about to uh, to rave about, but seeing the reverse on a <laughs> on Saturday and seeing Cody go the other way, I mean, that's the other kind of big news story of the week. Obviously, had his uh, his debut on um, on Raw as well. I mean, has it sunk in yet, JP? Does it feel normal yet seeing um, Cody on a on WWE program and seeing his little uh, head poking out of his shitty WWE put together little uh, elevator lift that the uh, gave him on, mm-hmm. which was essentially just a box he was hiding in with a little mm-hmm. slide coming out at the end for him to uh, to come around down at the end. Um, it's still fucking surreal. It's like. kind of similar to the one they used to put out for Rey Mysterio. When he used to jump out of the middle of the stage. put more effort in for that. You know, it was a bit more gangrel. It was a bit more part of the stage. And this was literally just a big box with with Cody's head poking out of it. And then, like you say, just an artificially created load of stairs down the ramp. I hope this was just a one-off and they are actually, you know, like the the big Mania entrance, going to put some work into that. Yeah, I, I still can't get used to it. It feels weird to me. Like the whole thing, having gone back and and then watched the, the rewatched the match again as well. I mean, it, everything about it for the aesthetic. I, I'm surprised he got as much as what he did in terms of like by all accounts his deal seems to say the this is the music. This is how my introduction is going to be. This is how I'm going to present myself on TV. These are the characters I'm going to I'm going to do. Even though he did a a kind of stardust reference, didn't he in the in 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 the match? Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think this is. It's interesting to see this is where he's going to be. However, I am not in the very weird belief that seems to be springing up a lot more that Seth Rollins is some sort of all-time great, which is not an argument I'm ever willing to accept. <laughs> For me, I'll always look at him as effectively he's the top of your upper mid-card. Right? He's not not a guy at the kind of top, and that's kind of where he's been put in. And, I mean, I think, you know, I still don't think it's going to go particularly great, but it's interesting. He's got to have some like his external interests and stuff. Apparently, and that's part of his his deal as well. It all still feels very weird, and there's going to get a point where this gets bitchy, and he is going to be supremely bitchy about this, and I'm going to be all there for it. 
because like i mean the monday night wars was built on bitchiness from beginning to end it was just name calling from beginning to end like between both sides and i want in on it and you know i think we saw a good example of that with max castor on on dynamite but like (laughs) in terms of some of those those little digs but yeah that's going to be very. That's going to be an interesting time of it if when they start to introduce AEW. But I do hold the belief that they have to kind of make this work for at least a year, because if you're going to get those other people that you want, whether that's Car, you know, MJF, Jade Cargill, or Wardlow, they're going to have to show that they're willing to push people from AEW, not just use them as a stick to try and beat AEW with to show that they are actually better. But that's the thing that's in their inner nature. So. Yeah, you know, like, WWE got a WWE. Like, you know, obviously, anyone yeah. read our Patreon shows, you know, Matty's being Matty, quite uh, confident about the idea that, uh, that you know, they're, they're going to treat Cody right going forward. Um, I don't know. I, I will say, though, you know, like, I, you know, joke there from Andy in the chat, did I stay up to watch more on Monday again? Of course I did. Uh, even after that weekend, <laughs> still. Had, although the good thing was, Cody was in segment one, so it made my life a lot easier. Um, yeah. So I got to see that. But I would say that presentation on Raw, uh, you know, yes, the box was hilarious. Um, but they still, and you know, and Cody doing his faux kind of half crying thing and bringing up the dusty stuff. You can make your own decision on, you know, how legitimate some of that stuff is when, when he when he wheels it out but as far as going out there and be able to cut a cody promo it was rambling it had random references in it he was saying all kinds of words yeah. the WWE traditionally wouldn't like he was cody rhodes right and like i say like i can't shouldn't bury the lead like mania on saturday and i it was literally like you transported the cody rhodes from aw to wwe yeah. like it was unbel. it was just like in the in the couple of seconds before it, when it kind of dawned on me that this was really happening, I was like, "They're gonna do it. It's gonna be Cody, and he's gonna come out to that." He came out to Downstate, and you know, he's had, he's even had the fucking tattoo done up, which is brilliant. He's had it coloured in so for HD TV, and he came out. He had he had his Cody Cody jacket on. They gave him the full entrance on WrestleMania, and it was like he'd been plonked there from AEW TV. It was the most surreal fucking thing to see. And it was great too. The match was fantastic. I, I, I know about some four and a half today that we uh, we finally found out he he left it out of the observer. I don't know if he was trying to wind Seth up after uh, Seth was making fun of his, uh, his scale uh, earlier in the week. Uh, as Garrett did say to Seth, you know, come over to grapple. You know, it's not one man's opinion; it's uh, it's many opinion. You'd uh, you'd prefer that, mate. But don't know if he, don't know if he downloaded the grapple in the end. But no, it was a it was it was a very good match and a and a very good presentation of uh, Seth. I thought of uh, Cody. I thought Andy. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, when, when I woke up on Sunday morning to see it, as much as, much as I, don't, I didn't like Cody in AEW, he was the, uh, mid, the middle door wanker. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 just, he just got me tits. Uh, but but when I saw the presentation on WrestleMania um, night one, mm-hmm. he'd just come across as a superstar for me. Great theme tune as well. I think I've been playing that quite a number of times over the uh, over the last week. Um, I have to. It's looking. Mo- I would the, say it's. Looking- have you seen the Sorry, boy who's, um, who's stolen the uh, the theme and put it on uh, on YouTube as uh, as Cody Rhodes' official WWE theme? And he's got like twelve million views already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have gone onto that. Should have put it on the uh, on the Grapple YouTube. Um, I did anyone know the lyrics to this song by the way before this week? Because that's all I've seen on Twitter. People making fun of the uh, adrenaline my soul intro. Like, don't think I'd ever realised they were the actual words. No. <laughs> 
No, he, he's more. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's it's very much like people singing along to Judas. They don't know all the words, do they? Yeah, it's embarrassing. Um, but no, no, I, I thought I thought it was excellent match with Seth. I think I went about four stars on it. It, it did get us a bit spammy near the end when they were kicking out of finishes two or three times and. But no, it's it's looking more and more likely that he's going to be the next contender for Roman because Roman's run out of challenges now. There's no, no fucker left. Um, but yeah, you get a good couple of months run with having matches against Roman, and I, st- I still think it is going in the right direction of a of a good run. But you know, you know, with WWE booking, they they, they, can, they can change like that and like right. Straight to mid car for you, Mister Olds. I'm just waiting for it, but it doesn't. Like we were saying a couple of weeks ago, JV, it's like it doesn't quite feel like it's happening. It feels like because it's it's anti Vince McMahon to to bring someone in from another company and make pretty much their entire car. It's a bit like what happened with AJ. Maybe that's the best equivalent because it was like, oh, yeah. he's this big star from Japan, and it's like without saying the words AW, it's like oh, Cody left it with a B and he reinvented himself, and now he's back, and like he's not at. He's not at you know the um, Stardust level. He's not at Dash and Cody Rhodes level. He's mm. being treated like a main eventer. You know, he's given. He feels a bit Cena in some ways. I don't know if I, you get that five JP when he's out there doing his promos, but he's kind of slotting into that role. It's it's wild. It's just a I. I didn't pick up on the kind of booze from like the, the crowd seemed kind of pumped to see him. Whether or not that thing that was being rejected by AEW fans and they are very different types of audiences who go to these shows like is being more embraced by WWE fans he does for all the and, stuff we talked about oh, AEW and we got into the weeds with his mm. booking good for bad and it was a lot of fun talking about it he was never really a good fit was he and that was maybe the problem whereas WWE if it was a competition around company is the, is the other problem it's the right place for Cody J think well he he wasn't really right for a run on the indies, but it happened, like because of the kind of like the work rate fetishist kind of side of of independent wrestling fans. I mean, this was one of his better matches, I have to say. Like, I, I really I went four stars on this. I thought it was like your kind of what yeah, you wanted from a very fans. good, a very good big match, and it delivered on that because it, it had that kind of atmosphere, which. I think that's what day one had and in spades and day two really didn't have. Um, but it's, he is much more of a natural fit. It, it's, it feels like he can have that white meat baby face character. Uh, my fear is they, they try to go into that view too early. I think this is a good shout for SummerSlam. I don't know if there's an announced a location, whether it's another stadium show, because if you've got that and you've got a big Lesnar match as well there, I think you can have, like kind of a lot of fun, like in in terms of that being a big match, like on a big card against Roman. I think it would it would work quite nicely. I think that's probably where the promos would probably get a little bit nasty. I I just but you know what they're like. They can you know we're not going to make the mistake of trying to sort of expect what WWE booking is going to be like. But that's what a logical company would do because they can get some value out of it, whether it be their long term and it's takes how long will it take for him basically to piss off the fans with his promos yeah like after a while and the way he gets presented does he get brandy in there 
because I can't see a, a place where she does not end up coming in at some stage. Yeah, the gear stage. up backstage, like in the photos, that if you saw that. Like, I don't know what she was doing because she wasn't involved in anything. On Regular the- fucking Dennis Stamp, eh? <laughs> She's just ready. Hey, they're bringing the dog in, aren't they? Pharaoh. That's what set Tony off today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, <laughs> <laughs> He's more... Tony's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did. You know, he did say he was going to do... He's just, yeah... Down to like the nightmare family stuff, down to like the t shirt. That dog had a hell of a run in AEW, absolutely knackered. Probably <laughs> is absolutely knackered. <laughs> one of Tony's pet projects, one of the original four pillars. Um, was, uh, was the dog, but, uh, yeah, it's it's just wild. It's just the muse of AEW. Sorry, it's getting dark. <laughs> <laughs> Tony went over every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James mentions here in the chat like what was better this sort of Sammy match on the way out of AEW like he's going with the Sammy match I don't know I'm more with like with what Chris Lene said in the chat there like I think the the premium best present presentation of Cody in AEW mm-hmm. you know the Dustin stuff the Aldous match you know are all in that was kind of the Cody I envisioned kind of getting in AEW and instead we got this weird stop start Cody verse booking you know, it's quite funny seeing interviews this week where he's. Uh, I mean, you got to, people are getting really wound up by it, but Cody just tells lies. He talks utter shit. Like you can't. We've got to. I, I, I have been hurt by it too, but we've just got to accept he talks utter shit because he was like, "Oh, I'd faced everyone I wanted to face in AW. What? Anthony Agogo and fucking QT Marshall. Like, how about Brian Punk? Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, yeah, there's a big, there's a big list there of, uh, of people you didn't wrestle, wrestle Cody, but did he even wrestle Moxley? <laughs> no, Moxley too. That's another one. Yeah. And like, I just don't think you know. And that was a thing people would beat our podcast for. We didn't get the best of what Cody could have offered AEW. I still feel it's a a really sad thing mm. that that run didn't happen and that it ended the way it did. But honestly, for my money, like, and I'm not a Seth Rollins guy whatsoever. I thought this was. I'm not. Just being facetious, I did think this was yeah. Cody's best match that I can think of in recent history. Going back to the Dustin match, which I don't really think held up on on rewatch, and you know the oldest match, which I loved at the time, but I think it was better than pretty much all his AEW stuff. I understand the argument for the ladder match, um, and there might be other stuff in there people want to mention, but it, it for every bit of negativity I've had towards Cody going to WWE, it made me think, oh. Maybe this will work. And it felt like a, a lot of the match was, you know, I don't get off to give him credit, but Seth maybe holding things together in a couple of points where Cody was uh, seemed a little bit off. But overall, it felt natural as can be. Even though he wasn't on fire or bleeding. You know, there is that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they probably told him, none of, none of that tonight, Cody. None of that. Yeah. Save it. But with him... Um... You know, with AEW, he had that uh, stipulation where he couldn't fight for the title, could he? So it was—he it, it sort of blended into his promo on uh, Monday. I've always wanted to win a world title for me dad, and but what have get you? Wound up about that and going like, "Oh, it's bullshit," because he put himself in a position where he couldn't yeah. in AEW. But if you take the storyline Cody Rhodes' character, the storyline Cody Rhodes' character wanted to be champion so much, he put that on the line, and then he lost it, and he was gutted about it. So it does still track that he still wants to be world champion. It doesn't track as a real life reason why he's moved over because I don't think 
anything we get from Cody in these interviews is real life. I don't think we're going to find the real life story from his side. You, you might see elements of it in, you know, little, um, you know, testy little Young Bucks bio changes on Twitter and, you know, things like that and little comments here and there. Like I say, the, the moment Tony goes uh, mm. off on one on Twitter is going to be a, a fine moment, but I don't think he's really telling the truth when he talks about why he left. I still don't think we, we know the story, JP. No, we don't. I mean, at this point, it just looks like it's a personal thing. But it's just, it's it's a personal thing. It's it's just how he was in AEW and how he ended up becoming and how he ended up behaving when he didn't get the creative control. Yeah. Like, that f- appears to be primarily it um, at that point and everything else is kind of downhill. You know, I would, the Sammy Guevara might well be a better match. What he didn't have is the kind of, atmosphere and staging and setting and grandeur that this had and Rollins on absolutely like Rollins on really good form which can happen I remember the Randy Orton match is one of my favorite Randy Orton matches ever that's a fucking short list by the way but like I think I you know there are times when he can do it and I imagine for him he is the kind of person who'll be thinking it's Wrestlemania I'm gonna absolutely go all out to make it work and he did and I agree with you because it was like you know Cody can be kind of rusty at the at the best of times and everything else but you know are we ever going to find out i imagine there's ndas and like that would end up possibly being i don't know actually would there be an nda sign because his contract just kind of ran out like i don't think they can kind of impose something on talk that. there is one i imagine we'll hear some sort of variation of yeah but it's whether or not it's real i i, I mean i don't think is he missed in aw to be honest, given the the sort of men's single scene last couple of weeks, I don't think so. I miss him. I like talking about. I him. don't think he's like <laughs> missed. I, I suppose there's that, um, but it's it, it's also the fact that um, you know the when he comes to the stipulation, I think when that came in place and it was like, oh, he's not going to be able to chance for the title, but that's that'll be the impetus for him to become a heel. That's what. Yeah you would think as a wrestling fan, if you're trying to predict where this goes from a booking perspective, because that's the thing that logically makes sense for us. It's like, oh yeah, but when he does, he'll get to be champion, but he'll be doing it as a heel. He'll be the mega heel, which is the run that we all kind of waited for. And it felt like, okay, we're just, okay, we're getting to that point. And it was like, no, he really doesn't want to do this. And which says, I think says something about his judgment, because I think that's the kind of big role for him. And he can still have that mega heel role in WWE, funny enough, if they wanted to play down that route. And that'd be very interesting. Do you? Coming in, talking about how AEW's better or whatever, you know. Do you think maybe that plays into it? Do you think maybe he didn't want to turn heel because he knew he was going to leave? And he was like, my best position is to, you know, go into WWE as a babyface and not mess around and change my whole presentation before I leave. Could that be it? I didn't could be. I mean, by all accounts, the deal he's got is the deal that he's kind of happy with, but you don't know who's leaking what to who here at this point. So, I mean, it's people trying to get their side of the story out. I think he re- he recognises, like most people, and Austin is the famous example of merch sales going down when he t- turned heel, going massively down, and that having a kind of direct financial impact. And he'll think about stuff like that. And, you know, he's branded that god awful tattoo of his to fuck so that'll be that's all over t-shirts now at this stage so. if anyone thought he was scrubbing that Ooh. nope double down extra red ink and blue ink on that one mate it's looking like mate, extra extra shiny it. <laughs> but it, it, it has it. O- vince must have loved it oh yeah <laughs> but it's it's overall added just his presence being there has just made the top line scene in wwe immediately more interesting 
mm. much more interesting. Even the dynamics of people he'll be interacting with, whether it's an Owens, you know, for those WWE fans, there's that's going to be kind of fun. And it's how wild he can get on the promos because he's not going to stick to the like, it's how does he work within that system of writers? Does he have the control of like, no, I control my promos because let's face it, if there's a lad he could use with an editor and a few like kind of finer bullet point structure is someone like him. But I don't think he's going to go along with point evidence explain, is he? <laughs> Probably not. No. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's a fascinating story to follow. It's going to continue to be a fascinating story as it develops in WWE, just like you say, to see how quickly the wheels fall off or if he actually is the, the great fit. It seems like he, uh, he might be, but yeah, that was obviously one of the big stories coming out of Mania, but the uh, the other big story um, shouldn't bury the lead. Small matter, Randy, of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin returning to wrestling. That also happened on the Saturday, uh, Saturday night. Also got a bonus segment with him on the uh, on the Sunday. Um, on the Sunday, yeah. Probably should have known it was coming. Like, uh, it felt a bit like they were, you know, hedging the bets, and it was like, oh, we won't advertise it as a match because it might make, you know, it might put too much pressure on. But then we'll go out there and it'll basically just be a match. And uh, they literally rang the bell and they, they did it. And we got Stone Cold Steve Austin back in a, in a WWE ring again. Did you uh, enjoy that one on Saturday night, mate? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, to be honest, when they actually came out, I thought it was a, a waxwork. He looked different. Like, he, like I don't know if makeup makeup were different on him or something, but he didn't, he didn't look like Steve Austin. Uh, but... Um, no, I think even even on the betting on the evening, it was like even money either way. So even even the bookmakers didn't know what was uh, going to happen. As in terms of the match, yeah, his, it was as good as what you could get out get out of him. Hmm. I know, I know, it, it probably took him it took him about two or three minutes just to get get warmed up. Like movement in his knees were like like me getting up at seven o'clock in the morning. It's <laughs> a lot of creaking going on in them <laughs> knees. But um no, no, it, for for what they got out of it and like, you know, the moment, mm. you know, seconds and on the the actual appearance on the uh second night with it with the stunner of instrument man was oh I think we we were rolling Absolutely yeah. rolling with laughter with that, weren't we? It had to happen. But, oh yeah, yeah. It had, it had to, but it, like everyone getting the moment with him, like McAfee when he took that stunner and like the beer going up in air and oh, so it just him on the outside, yeah, pouring the beer oh, into yeah. his own mouth. <laughs> That's going in the show images as well. Such so, such a great like great visual, but I would just hope we like with as Matty had calling Steve. Yeah. Uh, that he, um, you know, this this is it. This is the way to you know go out, ride off into the sunset. I, I don't think I don't think Austin's one of those like you know take take the Saudi money, unlike um, what's he called Under, Undertaker, which you can tell yeah. if there was there were a Saudi shake probably in the corner of that ring on all of fame evening. Like you you want a few million, Mark? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't see Austin, you know, tarnishing his, you know, legacy doing that. I know people like did mention all oh, the possible match with Roman or what have you. Oh God, that or Lesnar. Oh, I won't. I won't fancy seeing that. As much as you can do a walk and brawl, uh, I just want. I just want to see it for 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 Austin. 
that's all he ever did, really, isn't it? Because, like, oh, yeah. you know, in his yeah. pomp, like, he basically shouldn't have been wrestling. His neck was held together with, you know, gaffer tape in, in, his, pro, in his prime. And, you know, he'd take two bumps a match and he'd be the same bumps. You know, one would be a, a pile driver getting reversed and then, there'd be like, maybe a suplex bump on the floor. And that's all he'd do. And in this match, we got a suplex bump on the floor. <laughs> we yeah. got, you know, and he looked fine after it and he had a bit of a brawl. And it was, you know, it was a three-star Warhammer brawl and you know I can it doesn't I mean it's not worth getting into that probably not a good thing that you know your young uh, Kevin Owens type star is you know so obviously beaten by the uh, the, tw- the veteran who hasn't wrestled in 20 years like it's not worth getting into that with WWE yeah. because it, it WWE just kind of WWE but as a standalone quote unquote moment it did work and yeah I'm with you the, the night two stuff was great as well you know Chris mentions there the uh, the editor who stitched back together that uh, oh, yeah. that stunner from that highlight video <laughs> like, I don't I don't do it better I would have just left it as is because I thought Austin trying to hit that stunner on Vince who looked fucking ridiculous by the way i don't know what number yeah. Crichton head he was wearing but he was wearing you know bodybuilder body number four <laughs> like he looked like um yeah <laughs> was it is it pacino or did, it's the nero isn't it and um <laughs> in the irishman like it, oh in the irishman yeah, yeah that's what he looked yeah. like like in a big baggy leather jacket like fakely kicking the shit out of everyone but trying to look hard that's what vince looked like but that's stunner and you know, it, it barely coming together and kind of being a bit embarrassing, but then Austin cracking up after it and thinking it was the funniest yeah, thing in the yeah. world. That made it. That made it way more entertaining than me than if he just did a, a Stoke and Stunner. How's, how's he going to review it on that Stone Cold podcast in a couple of years? <laughs> where, where he was stumbling all around the joint. Where, um... oh, he'll have those to say. <laughs> Any thoughts, JP? JP. <laughs> he doesn't care about Aston. Oh well. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a great bit of business, and I think you know, yes, we can. I suppose that you know, in the in a booking sense, that it makes sense to have you know Pat McAfee go out there with Austin Theory, Austin Theory mm. to lose to Pat McAfee, only for you know for Pat McAfee then to be beaten by a 90 year old man <laughs> you know I don't know if that says much for us the theory or for Pat McAfee so bad who cares it was entertaining in the in the moment so yeah he's back well that was it I mean I'd gone back I'd gone back with my girlfriend at that point but so I didn't see this I ended up watching it like kind of stone cold sober pardon the pun and it was like this is bad stuff I mean I thought overall in the Austin stuff, they got as much, they did as well on night one as you could do, given the circumstances, the situations, the limitations. There's no point going into the booking of it. The whole question was how good a job could Owens do? And he did as well as he could do. I mean, as a rating on the app, I went three stars, which is being me being, frankly, quite generous for it. But that, that was much more for the kind of nostalgia of the moment and the walking brawl stuff. The night two stuff with Vince, I just thought this was what they were going to do. It just doesn't say a lot that at the end of the day, like, and as Matty, uh, you know, it's brought up there, um, Simon mentions in the chat, Matty said on the on the trip back one, where you all sounded, frankly, a lot more tired and a lot more like kind of like, it was a struggle that half an hour, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, as, as he said, that's the last person you can bring back. Like, there is no one else from a nostalgia perspective that you can bring back. There really isn't at this point. So, you know, 
whether or not that leads to Saudi stuff and everything else, I think sadly it will do because I just think they'll be parking a truckload of money. Austin will just go, it's 10 million, it's one match and it can be shit and who will care? But like, yeah, you just saw the Vince stuff. It was, it was pure Irishman. It was pure, like, it was awful. Just reminding of that terrible scene, which you compare against De Niro's finest scene of kicking someone on the floor from Goodfellas when him and Pesci, you know, go home and get your fucking shine box stuff. <laughs> like, it made me then think back to then about, like, better work they did. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. You know, he still couldn't take the bumps then, but at least there was a kind of humour to it all. But oh, at this point... I was laughing at oh, it. Yeah, you could only laugh at it. It's like someone pumped him up. Like the state of it. Like it's like you don't look good when you look that muscly when you're as old as Vince. No. It's like eighty year old men shouldn't look shouldn't look like that. He could you could barely hold them. That's why he fell over on the stunner. Like Austin kicked him in the gut and his knee gave out. Cause like he is not he's not built to carry that frame. It's fucking it is such like ego, is it? And just you know, oh, I've got to, yeah. I've got to be big like the boys because I'm a wrestling promoter type thing. It's like, I mean, you wear suits 24 hours a day. No one knows what you look like under it. You don't have to pop yourself <laughs> off. Like, what are you doing? Where's oversized suits? <laughs> yeah. It's like he's never had a suit to fit in. Oh, it's fucking great. Quite frankly, to use a Vince's. <laughs> so I was going to say, he looked like a saggy sausage, yeah. I think saggy sausage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, like, I, I will say, like, Mania was like a... It was a story of two nights, really. I think night one was very much the... We actually got some good in-ring wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then night two was kind of the gimmicky night, which we'll get into. But And I suppose Pat McAfee kind of slots into that because I thought it was a WrestleMania where they definitely did too much of the celebrity stuff, but it all kind of worked. Like, yeah. I, I was I was into that. I was into the Pat McAfee stuff. I thought, it is Logan, isn't it? Logan Paul. I'll get Logan that. Paul. Finally mm-hmm. get that right. Logan Paul looked fantastic on the Saturday. He was... By far Fucking not the hell. worst wrestler in his match. Um, that was one hundred percent, you know, Dominic Mysterio in uh, in that one. And I, to be honest, I know again, Melter fucking hated it, but I honestly, you know, we were there, we were watching it after a few beers on oh. the Sunday night, and I thought Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn was mm. a bit of performance art, if nothing else, and yeah. worked. You know, it got over in the building and was wildly entertaining and was I thought it was uh, was very funny. I was shocked in that in that yeah he said that podcast that was a struggle in the uh, in the car back from Leeds. I think I was the high man in the car. I didn't expect that to be the uh, the case but I love that as well. I think most of it over the weekend worked, don't Yeah, no I certainly did. I think I think I said to you on um Sunday night when we when we're in the pub about how WWE seems to be turned like taking tips from Triller. Yeah, like these, like these freak show fights, and like, what if a celebrity fought this person, and what have you? But it works. You get people who see it on, say, Twitter and Facebook, like, oh, Johnny Knoxville turned up at the wrestling, and what have you, and it gets like people who don't generally watch wrestling, like, oh, I'll, I'll have a watch of that on YouTube, and what have you. I thought, I thought all the celebrities, you know, even with like a couple of weeks training. What they have, the body show, they show what they do in the performance centre, yeah, don't they? Saying that, like, yeah, look, yeah, all these ex footballers yeah. that come in and never take a monster right. and Logan Paul well, well, to get in and get it right away. Well, you look, with, you look with Logan Paul on like that training video, what they did, and he did the exact every spot that they showed in that video, he actually did, he actually did perfectly on the night. So he did like the big frog splash off the uh, top rope, and he, he, yeah. he looked like he could. Like fits fit straight in into like the mid card on Raw, 
Um, with um, what were it called? Pat McAfee. I thought I thought his match with Austin Theory was really good. Michael Cole on commentary put in an all-time performance. He was he was mm. so biased because of his mate Pat in there and like go on Pat hit him and. What have you? It was just great to see Michael Cole just play like a fan more than a actual play-by-play um, announcer, <laughs> and also, also, also the entrance theme, the old uh, Sir, what's it, Seven Nation Army by White yeah, Stripes. Yeah. I thought I thought Michael Van Gerwen were going to come out <laughs> instead of that. <laughs> it was over. He was super over. Oh yeah, they were, they were all. It was it was like <laughs> the um, a German football game, like halfway through that. Match like all doing the all doing the chanting. Um, Johnny Knox, all the NXT right. stuff from the Pat McAfee stuff that was yeah. a weird thing. It was like the NXT run didn't happen. It was like, NXT hey, he's both, yeah, well, yeah. that's it now. That's the era we're in for that. But it's <laughs> it's also, it is also ultimately a damning indictment that it is like you've got multiple celebrity appearances, they're all kind of much more over than. A lot of your kind yeah. of let's I'll throw his name out again, Mad Cat Moss. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like those types of people who just don't mean shit, and they're getting bigger response for their matches. Three Amigos was excellent, just like the kind of you know, it's got Ray in there. Do you think? Do you think Dominic could do that as well? <laughs> no fucking chance. No. And he doesn't care if he dresses up as him in bloody Gringos Locos, does he? It doesn't make any fucking difference whatsoever. Like it's it's like it's it's mad about how like it's about how bad the performance center is really like it is it's it's shocking it should be amazing they should be raising absolute stars but it is still ultimately a damning indictment but I hope they got Logan Paul on a sort of multi match deal because they need to be getting in him in there on WrestleMania's on the reg because he so, can so, he can deliver someone someone said a triple threat match with him. Uh, Bad Bunny and Pat McAfee. It'd be like, oh, like throw Johnny, Johnny Knoxville in as well. Like, like I don't know about the Jackass match. Yeah, chat's going mad about the Jackass match there. Everyone seems to love it. Like, Jamesy, four people oh. saying it might be penciled in as number ten I, as a uh, top ten of the year. I gave it four stars. I loved it. I, I went, I went four stars on it. I had a, I had a right laugh watching that match. It's oh. just like you like when you see Meltzer moaning about it. Say, oh. Fucking humour transplant, isn't it? Did he did he want the star of Jackass to have a legit serious straight up wrestling match? I don't know. What for people who didn't who somehow are angry about what happened, it's like A, is this the first time you've seen WWE? Yeah. They had a match with zombies not that long ago. Yeah. Like for you. Like so I think the the era of getting kind of worked out about what constitutes a match, you've got the star of Jackass. What are you expecting? Jackass style shit. Yeah, mm. so when Party Boy's in there, when Wee Man's slamming him, you're oh, watching something that's a hell of a job to do, you know. And they did it perfectly. Like, it, it was really, it was it was fun for what it was. And it's like one of those things where, you know, Sami Zayn's having a great time doing it. Oh, we it's, worked. You know, like, that was this a, that kind was a of stuff. from Sami Zayn yeah. in basically working yourself because that's what he was doing. Yeah. And it was like they had these yeah. little pops built in where, oh, Wee Man's going to come yeah. out, which got a massive pop, and, you know, Party Boy's going to come out, and that got a massive pop. But it was I, so well laid, well laid out. It was a proper WrestleMania match. That's what it was. I, I want I, I to I I know how how did they get that big hand in? <laughs> yeah. I think this where did that come from? It just, it just popped up out of nowhere, just like, boom, just... 
And if you think that's unrealistic, they do that spot in, in many episodes of Jackass, so you could... Uh, <laughs> it, 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 what, the hand spot? The hand thing, yeah, yeah. It was like that big... Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it works. It works. I mean, it was just... Yeah, it, every, every bit of it, like, you know, we were drunk and tired and, you know, in that walkabout bar on, on Sunday night, and genuinely yeah. it woke me up. This batch absolutely woke me up, and yeah, Carl my girlfriend has watched it several times, and it's getting better. Yeah, my girlfriend doesn't really watch wrestling. She thought that was a hell of a lot of fun. She enjoyed it. She got it for what it was, That's which was thing. just this people was like act, a big spectacle. People act like people like your girlfriend so or precious. not wrestling fans are gonna oh we oh that's stupid oh you should show them like some real wrestling no you show them like a hard nosed 60 minute work rate match and they'll laugh at you for that you put a jack a match like that on and they'll laugh with you like they don't take wrestling yeah. as serious as we do I'm sorry mm. to, to break it to the cornets of the world but you're not chasing any people off with that I think if anything you're gonna bring them in because oh. it's an easy thing to just watch in kind of yeah you know, get a kick out of if Bill Watts knew about Jackass at the time and thought he could drew fucking money, he'd be bringing those fuckers in, wouldn't he? He'd have had he'd have had Johnny Knoxville versus Steve Williams if he could have gone <laughs> away with it. So let's stop being so fucking romantic about this bullshit. Yeah, that's and Cornette himself did a lot of comedy, you know, as a as a manager. As much as I, you know, I do uh, enjoy Cornette's uh, takes on a lot of stuff, stuff like this. Just you've got mm. you've got no chance with. Um, but I, I thought I thought it was really well done. Like I say, four stars felt generous, and I know there's been a big. Uh, it didn't quite make the uh, the grapple top eight matches of the weekend, which we we will get into. So I was a bit disappointed with that, but I, I get it. There's going to be people who are going to rate it one star because it's you know extremely not for them. Mm. But I've genuinely seen people go five on it as well, and even though I wouldn't go that far, I can uh, I can see where that's coming from too. It was it was a highlight of the weekend for me, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think. That that match kind of sums up what night two was. Night two was a load of daftness and you know silliness. Yeah. And night one definitely had the it had the matches. Like I say, I was very yeah. high, you know, higher than the average even for a bloody Seth Rollins match. Shows my uh, my loving for uh, for Cody on the Saturday. But you know, I thought Bianca Belair and uh, and Becky Lynch were yes. right up there as well. That was a match that I was saying on the uh, the weekend podcast. I could, I could have even gone four and a half. I think I settled on. A four point two five, which is a WWE six star, I think. Um, yeah. If you're rating them on a uh, on a, K I don't know or... if it was. I don't know if it was you or Matty who said it. The one who said they really <laughs> wanted to win it. That's what you got across. They both were trying to win a mm. match, and it was like they were going for, and it had a kind of level of messiness to it. I mean, I went four stars on it because I think I'm just conditioned not to rate WWE matches <laughs> as that highly. But right. I honestly thought like it was. I thought it was a hell of a match. And it, I think it also took a lot of steam out of Charlotte versus Ronda, mm. frankly. I think that kind of was something that just couldn't live up to it afterwards. I, I ended up going a 4.75 on it. I thought it was I thought it oh. was fantastic as a match. Um, no, no, as in terms of, I think I said a week, and like, as in terms of like wrestling, as a wrestling match, yeah, it was, you know, a bit sloppy in places, but as just like as a spectacle like you say, both both girls wanted to win it. Yeah. Um, both look like superstars. I think um, yeah. Bianca Belair's certainly one of the only ones who's not been really hurt by by the booking in WWE over the last year. Obviously, there was the, the little thing at SummerSlam with Becky Lynch, but she, she's she's still a star. Becky Lynch's entrance, you know, with the Marvel-inspired stuff, I thought, yeah, they've they've earned the earned the money there. He's done that in the uh, production. Um, yeah, and I said to Benno at weekend about 
how you compare the top when they get it right, WWE top level women's wrestling, it absolutely shits all over AEW when they have the top level stuff. It's just night night and day between the two, and imagine if probably it competently. Yeah, yeah, especially. Mm. But the thing is that they had their storyline was a much better build up to what you know mm. Charlotte and Ronda is like. They try to out sandbag each other. Them too felt like heel versus heel. Yeah, yeah, that's what that felt like. There was no one who was actually really liked with the crowd. There were just pockets of people who like kind of liked either of them. And that's to say, like, it's not to say that Ronda doesn't have some kind of potential, but ultimately, like she. That's the issue, is mm-hmm. the, and she doesn't want to be there. She has the look of someone who I thought she would much rather be interested in doing one last UFC fight for kind of mega money to come back in, mm-hmm. or doing doing movies where she could do that quite comfortably and work it around a kind of life. I don't think she particularly enjoys it there. I think the kind of novelty value of it is well and truly worn off, and whether or not she resigns, it depends on how much money they throw at her. But you don't get someone. She's kind of got weirdly. She has got a kind of aptitude for it. A lot like we don't like it's. It's like say it's the character. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like I say I, again, Bia- you know, Bianca and, and Sasha absolutely, and Becky. Sorry, definitely a, a highlight of. Uh, fortunately, Sasha didn't do much on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But that was a definitely a, no. a highlight of my, of my weekend. Uh, trying to think of other other bits we can pick up on before we move on. Got to see um, Butch get his WrestleMania debut, and he's. You know, Bye. what's his character now? Crash Holly? Is that what he's doing? Like, it's yeah, <laughs> Scrappy doing it. Scrappy doing it. Yeah. The geezers at Scrappy do got on wrestling. Scrappy, though, so we're Scrappy blinders. Is what it is. Blinders. <laughs> that could be a show title. <laughs> it was. Oh, get him! Oh, get him! Sorry, that's a terrible oh, accent. Put them up. Put them up. <laughs> he's lucky he even got on the shows. To be honest, considering the our day one went, it felt like they were going to completely uh, drop them for a uh, for time. But you know, I suppose we got that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Any oh, other the show is video got? packages. Yeah. Oh, and I think mm. is that a Peacock thing? Is that because they're 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 off doing other stuff for Peacock? That's what I think. That's what it. Because I was very confused the night one. When ah. It was like a three minute video package for, for like I say Sasha Banks, and it was like she's not even doing anything. Why are you selling me on Sasha Banks? Like, what what is this? I think that's what that is. This this seemed like to be an, an at least an hour of just video packages and filler, didn't they? On like, yeah. but especially night two. Hmm. Yeah, you, you could you could have cut a lot of that out and give them an extra, you know, five minutes. I think that that new day against the uh, Peaky Blinders were about two minutes long, weren't it? Yeah. Yep. To be honest, at that point in the night, I was glad for that small mercy, but yeah, yeah, and it yeah. Was and I... after Edge and AD Styles went twenty-four minutes, oh, which was good God, for only still going on now that match. <laughs> I. I honestly thought I thought and I thought Lesnar reigns because we've not spoken about it. I thought that was I, I'd say disapp- I thought it frankly quite disappointed. Mm. Like disappointing in it. It was it followed the format you completely expected it to do, except I don't know. Like it went ten it, too short because I think Roman was hurt, wasn't he? I yeah. That's what it is. Because it felt ten minutes too yeah. short. It felt like if you're gonna do that finish of spam style. You know, you need to go to the ends of the earth with it rather than just ending with a spear. I th- I it wasn't epic, there. but h- how bad is the injury? Because it's is it um is it is it a shoulder? I believe so. Yeah. Some, yeah. I mean, how bad's that injury? Because my God, they rely on him. 
But but to be honest with Roman, I would say, JP, that he doesn't really do much wrestling apart from the uh, pay-per-views. Every week on yeah. SmackDown, you put your money on opening segment, his music starts, 10-minute promo, and then he buggers off him back eating grapes with the Usos. That's, <laughs> that's the general what, format with Roman at the moment. And Watching a what, telly with a side eye. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like so, sort of following the formula of, like, you know, champions in the early 90s and late 80s. They were never hardly mm. seen on telly wrestling. You'd save your special... Like special attractions for your your pay per views, wouldn't you? And that's how the how the booking well, rolls. And that's that's why he, he still feels, you know, very good as a champion. And not he feels, all done. And to be honest, I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up champion all the way up to next WrestleMania, the match against The Rock, which seems mm-hmm. to be that is really the last big thing they can do because you wonder whether or not The Rock would want that if you put the stipulation of this is his last match as well. That'll be the thing to get you the kind of like big numbers in LA at that massive um, Inglewood Stadium. So it, it's just going to be there's not enough challenges for him. Once we get past Cody, mm-hmm. like really, it's the same old rigmarole, isn't it? We Bron Brecker could be Wally, could be Wally. Who knows? <laughs> Good Bron- evening, Bron- yeah. <laughs> Logan Paul, mate. It could be, it could be. No, it feels like they got. I mean, they're going to Cody Roman, like we said earlier, which feels ill mm. to beat Cody, but that could be the way we're going. Um, but yeah, you know, so John said here in the chat, apparently the total bell time WrestleMania 38 was one hour, 15 minutes on a uh, three hour, 35 minute show. Jesus, what do you That's night two, that is. Um, he's uh, he's noting there, but I, I, I've got to say, I overall. If I feel positive, I'm not positive on WWE going forward. But I had a good time the two nights. Like, you give me yeah. a couple of shows where, yeah. like, say that the Saturday I had something as good as Bianca and Becky Lynch, and, you know, that that was just a very good match. Bianca comes across as a star, like the, uh, the chat is saying. It felt like a match that broke through the WWE tropes a little bit, and there was a little bit more room for the, the moves they were hitting and a bit more urgency, and it just felt like a... A match, you know, you give me that, you give me, you know, a big news story like the or moment like the uh, the Cody debut and a and a good match that the followed it. You know, we didn't think that you know going into this weekend, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would be like you know two of the big stories, but you know Owens and Austin for its faults was what it was and was very entertaining. Sami Zayn on night two pulled out something as uh, as good as you know he did with uh, with Johnny Knoxville and yeah, you know night two, you know it, it had those those low points. Like again, AJ Styles and some of the undercard that I wasn't uh, wasn't so much into, and did make me want to uh, head to me uh, to me hotel room and go to bed on the Sunday. But there was also still enough there to kind of keep me going. And like I say, the Jackass match woke me up, and you know I was relatively into it again by the time the uh, the main event come round. Obviously, uh, you know, apart from watching Raw to see. Out of interest, what happens with Cody? I can't imagine myself being a car carrier member of the uh, WWE universe anytime soon, or in actually investing in any of this stuff, or having any faith about what comes next. But as far as two days goes, a spectacular couple of days for WWE style wrestling. I don't have that many complaints. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think I think when I was speaking with our Jeff like the day after, and he he doesn't watch WWE apart from like reading the results, mm. and even he come away like positive about it, like oh that that was actually a pretty pretty fun show. I think with me, for myself as well, I thought ah that's actually not 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 too bad these last uh, two days. 
the week to week stuff, yeah, it just reverts to the type of being a bit crap. But you know, yeah, we for, for you can't deny for a big like spe- spectacle what WrestleMania is. I think the two the two nights have worked. Um, you know, for the last couple of years, I think I think they've been really good. The shows, even though the expectations going in are like, oh, it's gonna be gonna be rubbish. I don't need two days of this shite. And but no, I think I think they've uh, pulled off a blinder. WWE. You put the I two, put two shows in room 101, JP. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I still get the impression that obviously this is one one night's worth of show pushed into two. They should book better cards over the two nights, given the, the kind of roster that they have, really. However, it is a case where, you know, it'll be it, – it did the job it needed to do. It also shows you the kind of – that fundamentally what AEW don't have – and even only New Japan have come close to it, is delivering grandeur and spectacle and stuff looking big and big kind of feeling like it's important in this day and age. They nail that stuff. Like you think with Cody there, it's just like, when is he going to wrestle? When would he have wrestled in front of a crowd like that in AEW? When would that point have been? That would have, like, would that ever happen? Like, you know, we'd love to think it could happen. It could get that popular where they could sell out a stadium but what are they going to have to put on that show for that? Whereas there still is the kind of brand name aspect for it. But we've been down this road before. You see a mania, you think, that I kind of enjoyed that. That's what it is. And then within a week, two weeks, it's back into the usual pattern. It's a series of rematches for the next pay-per-view. It's a holding pattern. As Andy says in the chat, until you get to SummerSlam, that's where you feel it is because I think that's going to be but then they they view SummerSlam kind of more important. Would view it for me it's three behind like Rumble and Mania, um, but it's going to follow these kind of patterns, and we know where Roman's going to be kind of going to, which is basically it's him and The Rock. That's the only like kind of logical step they have to do. They've gone this far in with Roman Reigns. You have to do that. So, like. In many ways, I'm, I'm not expecting a banner year from WWE no. for, for what it is. But I don't know, maybe the fact that AEW lit a fire under their ass for once, <laughs> that was the good thing. Hence the reason why we all like competition and well, why it- some people weirdly like to support a monopoly. <laughs> like that's a good thing, which GCSE Economics taught me it really wasn't. <laughs> Chris says here in the chat, are we all heading to Cardiff then for the next big show? Hey, maybe that's where the next uh, big podcast day can be. And we well, can, uh, we can do what we did at the end of this video and wake Chris up and tell him the rock game. It's our audience, mate. <laughs> Load of Drew McIntyre fans sat there waiting for him and going, oh shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, you know, that, 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 that could be a, a distinct possibility. But yeah, yeah it's, it, I think t- to what you're saying there, JP, it's, it's McDonald's, isn't it? You know? You don't, you don't you don't have it for tea every day, <laughs> but if you have it every couple of months, you enjoy it. <laughs> you know, maybe that's I, being giving them too much credit, but you know, maybe that's probably the life lesson of how to treat WWE. You know, it isn't it isn't worth getting. You've had a drink, you've had the big tasty, you've thought <laughs> yeah. I've eaten a lot worse than that over the years. We we knock back a few of them Northern Monk brews through the day. You know, we all need just a that chocolate a at the end. Last. <laughs> big pint of that. I was up there at one point recording. I thought I, I, this could go wrong. This could go very very wrong here. <laughs> that, that's why I moved to the uh, oh what were they called the little um, the cans they had Andy the three point eight percent ones oh, oh the shuffer off yeah the grapefruit yeah, yeah. yeah. no they're all right I was like ah three point eight percent's not too bad I can uh, I can handle two more podcasts having drank some of these um, what I will say the food and the walkabout didn't help 
Like, that was fuck. That's one of the worst pub grub I've ever had in my entire life. Like, microwave fried chicken, I think, is what they, oh. were, uh, they were serving us. So that didn't help, but, you know. Uh, I was glad I went to Byron Burger before going over to there. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, same here. I went to that uh, Pizza Punks, mm. uh, which, yeah, that was, that was decent stuff. The mac and cheese, uh, I recommend that from there. Okay. There you go. Well, yeah, uh, James is saying to do London for the next uh, show. Yeah, maybe uh, if something happens at Craven Cottage, maybe there's uh, a potential tie in there. But, yeah, um, (laughs) definitely. But, yeah, when we're there, we'll all have a a bang up fish and chips. Maybe not a Chinese fish and chips, but a fish and chips like uh, the quality of which D'Lo Brown had this weekend. That's what we can, uh, that's what we'll uh, we'll treat AEW as. It's the uh, the fish and chips of wrestling. Does that work? Well, if we're the beans and toast of podcasts, then I think that only makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Apparently we are. Apparently we are. But no, I mean, moving on from, from WWE, I suppose the other big mm. news story coming out of uh, Mania Weekend, the other big stuff was was the uh, the ROH show um, on Friday night. Obviously, I recorded with Suit on Saturday and got some of uh, my thoughts down on it. But obviously, yeah, two, two big news stories coming out of that. Well, I suppose three, really. One just... ROH still exists, um, but you know, obviously the big, mm-hmm. big debut of uh, Samoa Joe there. Um, obviously, that bleeds into uh, to Dynamite this week, and and also the small matter of you know FTR and the Briscoes going out there and having pretty much the the match of the weekend. Uh, we're gonna get into our highlights of the weekend, but I think that's gonna top a lot of lists and is probably gonna top a lot of us at the end of the year again. Meltzer went five on that. It's got a very. I'm gonna check the 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 average grapple rate because it's got a very very high uh, grapple rating, and it did pretty much immediately as it finished. I went four and a half on it myself. Uh, I know suit wasn't quite as high on that on that review, but you know I haven't seen mm. anybody who's you know outright said they they disliked it. But the type of match WrestleMania weekend was made for JP just uh, just unbelievable yeah. stuff and a big story of the weekend in the end. I think so. And I think if you're going for like a kind of another story of the week, it's about FTR generally. We'll probably get into AEW later on. Um, I think there was a, th- it was the, the comment I mean, I've heard you say several times is they're wrestling other people's matches. And now it feels like they're wrestling their match and the Briscoes, like it was just how perfect. And I just thought to myself, it was perfect given how adaptable the Briscoes are. Everything about it. There was just a brilliant atmosphere. There was really good heat. I like just the tag logic as well. The idea you cut off the ring, you get your opponents to let you know to lose their call first. You don't let up. You know, it had a great pace throughout. Had that bit of blood. I was shocked by the suplex of the outsides. I think it was on. Is it on Dax Harwood? Mm. Is it? I, I got that yeah. was like I was genuinely surprised by that. And you think of all the spectacular stuff we've seen over the years on there. Had that bit of blood. Like, I'm not going to lie, it did add something, as that bit of needles. Um, and my immediate comment was when I saw it, I was just like, well, this is match of the weekend because I can't really see anything that's going to be kind of overtaking it. There's stuff that I think will, like, for me, that's come quite close to it. I went 4.75, and it might have been a heat in the moment thing, but I absolutely loved it. Like, I was kind of all on board for this. If they can get around whatever whoever the person is at um, Time War uh, uh, Time Warner and Warner Media, like they'd be bringing in the Briscoes tomorrow if they could. If they if they get an all clear of all right, there's been a public apology. There's been this period of time that's kind of lapsed as well. You know, let's see what happens. Bring them in. Like I think 
Jesus Christ, that really like adds something to it. If not, I think there'll be regulars in Ring of Honor as well. But this is this is one of those matches. It kind of feels like the Bucks match where it just. I don't know, it just kind of fit in perfectly. But there was enough of what I love about a tag match, which quite often is a Ricky Morton-style character, which you got a lot more of in the in the Bucks tag for that. But yeah, they work so well as baby faces. Like, I think that's the thing. I think they get to... And I didn't see that being the case, not with them from a character perspective, but I just think in terms of the work rate, just that idea of being that such a polished tag team, it's hard kind of not admire them for it. And they didn't fall into the issues that had before where they were just spamming lots of kind of, you know, tag moves from other great tag teams, um, like as much as what it was. There was less of that. It was much more a concentrated, we are this tag team and the Briscoes are this type of tag team. But I, like I say, 4.75, like I, it'll be up there for me in the match of the years. Front runner for me. Yeah. How about you, Andy? Yeah. I'm not as I. Oh. I went four, four, four stars on it. Oh. Man here. I did, Boy, for me, <laughs> four no, stars is no, still a good rating. <laughs> oh, four, star, four stars is still a good rating, but mm. I just felt about after about 10 minutes, it just felt slow to get going, whereas the um, the match they have on AEW between Young Bucks and FTR, I thought, you know, constantly something was going on. And I think I've given that about four and a half mm. today. I, f- I think it's a wild... <laughs> I think the um, the Briscoes match, even though it's a great audition for, for the Briscoes to try and get a, a job in there, I think it's wildly overrated by people, to be honest. Wow. I, di- I, didn't, I didn't think that... As, as well with the crowd, <sighs> so, some of it just feels like, you know, Typical like NXT, let's go, Briscoes, let's go, Etihad. It just it, it, I think it bleeds into another match later on where we'll probably talk about Gresham and Bandido. But um yeah, I thought still still a great match. FTR have been on a great run like last two or three weeks, as you said, as a uh, baby faces. It, it, what's he called? Um the one with the hair. It will be working in all FTR bald, isn't it? Yeah, FTR. Uh, uh, <laughs> but he'll, he'll be working in a lot of the stuff that, like, he learned on the um, like the camps over here. He'll be he'll be, he'll be great at that style of uh, you know getting the hot tag of the babyface fire and that. But um, and I also like the Blackpool Wurlitzer music that they come out to. That is a bit of a tune. That one, <laughs> you know. I know you don't, don't. I know you don't like most of the AEW produced oh. fiends, Ben. I think, That's I think one of the good ones. It is when they're ripping off a real song, or they pay a lot of money for a real song. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's when they don't, uh, where where they have issues. But no, it's funny because like I am not an FTR fan, or haven't been until the last two weeks. Like I just, yeah. you know, I've I've always kind of thought, ah, like you said there, JP, you know, mm. flattered to deceive a little bit. They don't, you know, they do all all the uh, all the things visually that that a retro tag team should do, but it, it all felt a bit cosplay for me. But yeah, since this babyface turn in AEW, proper turn around on me, you know, the, the Punk Singles match with Dax, I think it is, and then the, you know, this match, and then the Bucks match on, on Dynamite, which was very good too. But I don't know, maybe I'm, you know, more uh, attuned to, to all this because it's a big Briscoes match as well for me. For my money, they're the best tag team uh, of the last 20 years. It's not the Bucks and it's and it's not FTR. Um, but that's my that's my hipster uh, ROH fandom coming out. 
mean, the match itself, mm. it's got four point. I was looking at the, up the average on grapple now after 300 on breaks. Something ridiculous, isn't 4. it? 4.75 average, which yeah. means that is not coming down. It's going to be up there. Yeah, that is going to be in the mix as far as, you know, matches of the year. And yeah, I would normally expect me to be the low man on it, but I absolutely loved it. It was just from the start. I loved the pacing of it. I loved that it was kind of one part wild brawl, one part southern tag been indie as well in moments and they definitely as i said the suit on the on the weekend they did mm. almost lose me when they did that big bump on the outside and you know they had the doctor's check on them it felt a bit melodramatic nxt for me but they kept it short and i suppose they made you know those big bumps mean something rather than just being thrown away and then onto the next spot it was maybe at the right they drew the line at the right place to me even if it was a moment where i was wobbling a bit and thinking oh oh here we go but they got right back into it and had a incredible kind of near fall stuff and opposite of Andy I love the crowd thought that you know the crowd were massive but part of why I enjoyed this than being divided and cut down the middle because FDR kind of had to work heels again even though they seem to be baby faces on on uh, on AEW television but I think it kind of worked with having the 50-50 crowd there as well it just for me yeah it was the it was the match we need on these big Wrestlemania weekends the, the, the type of match where away from the indies a takeover would normally give you on these big weekends, you know, you'd normally have that one match that's just that cut above the level of, you know, the millions of matches we're not watching on a weekend and this year for me it was FTR um, Briscoes because uh, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I... I... No, that's it. Really, it was a, it was a, it, it, it was the match that you kind of thought it almost should be match of, of the weekend for me. I know Andy, be damned. Apologies, Andy. Um, <laughs> sorry, but no, sorry. it's, it's, the, it's the match opinions. you kind of would expect if you were expecting a match at the start of it. But um, I, but yeah, I, I think it was head and shoulders above the rest of the the show. Oh. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, sure, definitely. I enjoyed it. It was like an enjoyable start to finish. Didn't really lose me at any mm-hmm. point. Maybe after this, when they did, you know, throw out Josh Woods, which felt like a bad spot for him. I think I've probably just gone straight to the main event after yeah. uh, these two scorch the earth. But aside from that, I I kind of enjoyed it. It was a, it was just interesting seeing you know who was getting the shine. And spoilers, it seemed to be the AEW contracted type people, and that seems to be what ROH is going forward. You know the the people who are going to be pushed there and the people who are going to be prominently used are going to be contracted to a to AEW. But yeah, I mean, did it live up to your expectations, JP? I know we talked at length about it across the weekend. Mm. We look forward to the show. What did you uh, make of uh, new ROH in the? Um, and the, uh, the the talent that they used and yeah the matches that they uh, they gave us even the look and the feel of thing yeah did it live up to what you thought it'd be? Yeah, it kind of did. Um, to be truthful with you, I didn't like. I mean, the twenty thousand buys would suggest that other people were really intrigued by it as well. That's a massive number for someone like a Ring of Honor, which quite often wouldn't get one thousand. Which is the reason they were kind of, you know, it's part of the the reason where they've they've lost money for for quite a, a, a little period of time really. And in terms of the roster shakeup. I don't have any issues with that. AW have a stacked roster, a lot of whom would fit quite well into a product like this, whatever it ends up being. So I don't have as much of an issue, you know, watching Matthew McConaughey from Dallas Buyers Club take on Minoru Suzuki for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship <laughs> wasn't something that I necessarily, you know, who are you putting the belt on there? You put it on Minoru Suzuki because and that in and of itself him around there on a regular basis being used in a position where he can have a title to himself and squash people from the US Indies and like kind of lesser known like AEW talent I 
think I'm completely fine with that. I think overall, I just went through it like I've done a lot of Ring of Honor shows, where I've, uh, with the exception where there hasn't been a match as good for me as FTR Briscoe's on the card. There's always been, oh, this is quite fun. It's quite good, but it always lacks the spectacular. But now it feels like you're going to get in people who actually have the potential to kind of have some really good matches. Like if if um, Shane Strickland is going to become a regular there, I think that's a, a really interesting addition i think they're going to keep josh woods i don't think you'll see reptiles again i'm not sure if you'll see bandido i'm I, like it feels gresham's going to be there but i'm not sure necessarily the bandido will be there as well so yeah i think you look at them like for, for what they offered a flippy match at the start i mean apart from the point that will and knight go nearly killed mercedes martinez which is a an issue if you do that i thought generally across the board like this was a was a kind of fun card. I did make the mistake of watching the pre-show, which was shit. It was shit. The stuff on there, the Tully, the Brian Cage thing is weird as well. And that tag team they brought in, they were they were shite. That was an <laughs> awful match. Like that was awful. Yeah, yeah that's, just that's... A, that stuff was kind of weird, and it felt very delirious. What do you think of it hmm. as an overall, Andy? Um, to be honest, it took me about three or four sittings to get through it all. Um, I think the highest rated match I had after um, FTR and Briscoe's was Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty, and that was three and a quarter stars. I thought there was a lot of there was a lot of duff on this show for me. Alex Zane and Shane Strickland, I expected more out of that. I, like I think that. Alex, I think Alex, Alex Zane. He's still in WWE mode. Obviously, it it's good that he's, he's working that safer style, but I think expectations of that match um, exceeded what, what ended up being it. Um, what else were the Red Titus and Minoru Suzuki? I give two stars for that. Um, what, 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 what else were on the show? The, the women's match were like a two-star special. Cage and Mac, it were a beating. Um, or the the main event, how, how people are rating that four and four and a half stars. They need to yeah, average of four. A, they need to take a chill pill on that because <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing happened for that first fifteen minutes of the match. And they'll be the judge. They went three and a half. Charbo's doing all like they're all doing like pointing up at Sky for Eddie and what have you. It's just like, oh, oh it, can we it stop that for a bit as well? Nothing, nothing happened for 15 minutes and then they decided to get Chuck a charbo. Let's do a sprint of uh, finishes for five minutes and then, then done. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's a lesson to be learned there. Get rid of Chavo Guerrero and all of a sudden the match got better. Mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, do you, you think the ghost of Eddie Guerrero is bored of this stuff? Because <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah. if that's the case. How long's it been now? About oh, 15 yeah. years. It's like, bloody hell, leave me in peace, lads. <laughs> Yeah. Stop doing me free amigos and that frog splash. Just got, leave me alone. I've got no controversial uh, opinions about Eddie Guerrero that I will definitely not add to this conversation. But um, <laughs> no, I, to be honest, I enjoyed the main event. I, I kind of I agree with you. The first fifteen minutes, it was not the yeah, it's not the bad part of Gresham, but it's kind of that spinning his wheels undercard Gresham match where he's just mm-hmm. he's doing shit for the sake of it. He's showing off what he can do, and it's cool. Yeah. But it's like, uh, should this be your main event? And it really did feel like they were biding time until they chucked out Charvo, and then the match yeah. did the one eighty for me. I was bang into it. Um, maybe go three point oh, seven five. Oh, but yeah, no, the grapple average, but I liked it. 
Benno, they were a bit during the uh, like the. I think after they took Charvo out, they, the crowd started chanting "Fight forever." I was like, "Are you taking the piss?" What <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm with the uh, suit as well. You know, we say you know the opener. We got a reverse round to the floor in the opener, so you know mm. that that bumps it up a few stars. I I enjoyed that as well. I you know I, I would. You know, call that probably the second or third best match on the show. I'd probably probably go three point seven five on that as well. Um, the match that a lot of people were into, Jay Lethal and, uh, and Lee Moriarty, that wasn't for me. That was very much a, a reminder of the you know the ROH that I would purposely not watch, which was the ROH where Jay Lethal was interchangeably TV or world champion and was flogging back braces on a uh, on really bland, boring Sinclair TV. Um, as far as yeah. him being the uh, the Samoa Joe opponent going forward, you know either. That does not fill me with excitement. I don't need this follow-up to, uh, to Manhattan Mayhem in 2005 or the, uh, the Joe Lethal uh, friendship. Um, I, I don't need that to happen myself, but people seem quite high on that. Um, so, you know, I think there's, uh, there's higher grapple ratings, I suppose, um, out there than, uh, than some of ours. But, yeah, <laughs> you're right, JP. I'm just laughing at Andy's comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's libelous. <laughs> we could say it, but that's on for the video view. Um, it really is. I think I'm gonna leave it at that. The water level was pretty high, I think, for a, a media weekend mm. kind of show. But I, I do think as well, other booking showed where, where we're going with this. You know, Swear beating Alex Zane, Brian Cage making very short work yeah. making Ninja Mac. I was mm. very disappointed with that. I wanted to see yeah. you know, Ninja Mac do some flips or at least yeah. do some Bloodsport style stuff. Instead, he came out and yeah. then two minutes was. You know, dealt with by Brian Cage, who I think is is never happening. He's going to be the Mike Knox of uh, of new ROH, like Mike Knox was in a in Prime uh, WWE CW. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there was there was a lot of that up and down the shot card. You know, Red Titus lose, losing his TV title. I don't think we'll ever see Red Titus again. He got his gold watch. He got his TV title. That's it. You know, putting the uh, the poor pure title on Utah. You know, it's it's plain as day what they're doing. Oh, you'll see him again, mate. He'll be smuggling in like kind of pure AIDS medication from Mexico to, <laughs> to bring back over the border when he tri- time travels back to the early 1980s. Like he's, <laughs> I thought he was dying, mate. Like looking at him and Walter, I was like, what's going on? It's like they've got the gush from, <laughs> from uh, Jam. That's a, that's a weird reference. Look it up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, not healthy, not healthy. Uh, but no. <laughs> I suppose the the very the, the obviously like we said the big the other big story was uh, was Joe coming in at the end and you know apparently just according to the chat uh, Tony Khan has uh, has been on one again this evening and he's uh, he's having a go at, uh, at Brian Alvarez now <laughs> about the, uh, the 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 credibility of his uh, quote unquote independent uh, study that he's been putting into these. Uh, these robots on the internet, but uh, <laughs> Tony Khan did couldn't look uh, more excited than more one of us when uh, when Joe came out. That 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 photo of him just losing his mind, right. jumping up and down, like he made sure he was like, lad, you know, there's a lot of shows going on this weekend. Don't leave, don't leave. We've got a big surprise going for you. When Joe came out, I think Tony Khan was popping even louder than I was on my couch and. Yeah, like I, like again, like I said to Suits, I would, uh, you know, I will delete all of the audio of me saying that uh, AW as uh, and their universe has got has brought in too many people lately, and there's not enough room for all these debuts. Just fantastic seeing, uh, you know, Samoa Joe, who is, you know, absolutely um, still in the prime of his career, come into ROH and and get that big moment. Uh, no, it also just it was it was a it was a great moment, and it uh, it was a, it was a nice way to kind of pay homage to, to their history, mm. which I think they they did a good job on this show without like leaning too heavy into. 
Yeah, they didn't go overboard with a lots of a pit like we predicted. We thought might be Danielson Punk, like you know, would be there. It's kind of mad now that they've got access basically to that entire first uh, Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Now they're all kind of effectively in with uh, in with the company now. At, at that point, um, yeah, I thought it was a good moment. I don't like the Joe theme tune, oh, like for it. that. Yeah. Like oh, I really yeah, didn't like the, their version of it. Uh, their version of it. Yeah, I think it's. I, I would have paid the money for LL Cool J. Don't get me wrong, or I would have paid the money for James, oh, yeah. one of the two. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, Andrew Music of the Mat was uh, was raving about it as well. I don't know. I think it's 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 a grower that one, JP. It's a it's one of them. I, I don't think right. AEW's music too much credit because they've just basically heard the NXT theme and reversed a couple of notes. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, for Rio that, but, for yeah. Rio alone, it's never being forgiven. That ring on a theme lot. The fuck that. Yeah, true. Abomination oh, of a theme. I like I'll it. I'll give it a few more goes. Maybe I'll get used to it. And it's like a the intro to the show, mate. Just uh, just keep just uh, rewind the first thirty <sighs> seconds over and over. Again. <laughs> if I get yeah. in the way, we'll talk. After. Well, me mentioning it now has confirmed that to be the case. <laughs> confirmed that bias, yeah. Or maybe I'll use LL Cool J just to uh, just to, to please all parties. But I don't know. I mean, I suppose it, that kind of Joe coming in does tie into to Dynamite as well. What did you make of Joe's week, Andy? Like you know, I I, I can I can detach the the bias in me that's. I'm just happy to see Joe on TV. I'm happy to see him in the same company as Brian Danielson and CM Punk again. I am a Samoa Joe fanboy. I'm just happy to see it. And, you know, I've got faith that even if physically he's not really there anymore, he... I've got, if I'm honest with myself, he has looked a bit washed, I think, these last couple of years. And then you can protect him enough and, and get money out of him. But again, that's with a heavy dose of bias. You know, he is another debut coming into AEW and another person you've got to feature. And it is interesting. It is AEW and not just ROH. But yeah, what did you make of his, uh, his first week, Andy? And what do you think of him uh, being added to the mix here in this uh, in the Tony Converse? Yeah, no, I thought he, I, I thought he'd come across as a star personally on, on that on that first appearance on um, Dynamite. Perfect opponent to have uh, Max Caster, you know, with the rap and everything, and he was just nodding like, yeah, mm. yeah, you, you're right. I'm gonna kill that you. That was funny. That rap. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I thought I thought he looked in better nick than he did on um, you know the latter day of his NXT run where he won the title. He looked. You know, look like someone who's been, been like a racehorse, been off the track for about eight hundred days, and needs a good uh, breeze up around Lingfield. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I thought I thought it was excellent. I know, I know what you say, Ben. It's like, oh God, not another one. They've got to sort of fit in. But I think he's someone who's a bigger star enough that the, he can fit in at that that top end, but. As as we've seen, like the last month or so, there's been all these people come in, and then they use them for two or three weeks, and then you, you know, just you sort of forget about them. But I, I think Joel's going to be a uh, different, and to say you know, like your Keith Lee's and your Shane Strickland's of uh, this parish. How about you, JP? It's interesting to know where he fits in within the Ring of Honor part of the Tony Khan verse. Um, isn't it and where he kind of gets into into that stage i mean in terms of the match itself and everything else i thought i thought it was fine i've got kind of limited expectations because he is clearly older and more beaten up you're limited by what you can kind of do with him as a wrestler in the ring because so i kind of wanted to just make i want to make him feel special 
Uh, so as much as I want yeah. as a fan, but you can't put him in there for an hour with CM Punk. Like, look, we no. got Joe Punk for no. it. Happened in Coventry in the Sky Dome. We don't need it again. <laughs> I think you should stay away from those types of things. I think you need to. He needs to be the veteran in there with young wrestlers. I think. Well, here's an idea: him and Punk versus Moxley and Bryan. Like, like Mm. I think, I think you can put him into that kind of mega tag team stuff and and things like that. And I think you can get away with that. I'm not saying as like a a, like a permanent level, but him and Punk as like him coming in as like kind of Punk's mate, like hanging around. I think that's interesting. I think it'd be able to work a nice feud each other with each other as well. I think it's you know, it's one of these things where it's where there's a Ring of Honor side go into it because I think it's that it's where you split the talent. That's the kind of bigger business issue because do you know what? I'm not, like I've said before, I'm not against the idea of, um, of um, like a lot of the younger AEW talent making it in ring of honor because when ring of honor had a lot of the talent that were there before they weren't doing any business like at all. And this is at least going to do that. So from a business, if you spend 40 million on something, you're kind of, going to want to make your money back somehow. So you're going to put in people who you know who think are going to do that. And I think, you know, so it's about how you split that up. It's about how many also are going to go on New Japan tours and you've got to fit that into the mix as well. So I think, are you going to get that from Joe as well? Him doing a couple of like last kind of big matches out in Japan, whether it's a, a New Japan or a Noah, that'll be kind of interesting in and of itself. I just don't think you can use him that much. That's all. Like, I think he, he could be made special. But if, however, he came out and you go, oh, we got on guest commentary this week, Samoa Joe, you know, it'd be fucking awesome. You know, it'd be great at it. Like, the stuff you'd be able to say. I think if you've got him doing promo segments, I think he'd be really good. I think it's just, you've got to look after him. That's that's where I, I am with it. I think there's, there's value in it. Um, and I think there's value. And I think he recognises that, you know, there's stuff you can get with, Ring of Honor in the next one, you know, if they have him and versus Gresham at the next pay per view, I think it will draw another good buy rate. Seems like maybe going to him versus Jay Lethal, which is less interesting, but that that is the direction I'd prefer it went. And I, I think he works as well as like again mm. heavy bias showing here, but it's like you know you want those legacy if you're gonna be pushing this ROH tape library and pushing the history of this like you say yeah. forty million product you just bought. You want those guys working for you, not the competition. Like I'm willing to let it go now, but. You know, I'm still fuming here in that Joe interview with Tony Khan at the end of uh, the ROH review where he said he was trying to get Vince to buy the library. Like we could be living in that reality right now if uh, if Joe has got his way. I'll forgive that now. He's on the good. He's on the right side of history now, so we'll uh, we'll yeah. we'll allow it. But you know, we'll treat him with uh, with caution, Joe. Um, but no, it's good to good to get, see him on the get right him and ju- him and Punk doing alternative commentary. Oh, that cool. type of stuff. You know the shoot. That's. I also think that. That's the other value as well with this. Like, and I know we're probably a bit away from the kind of documentaries and stuff, but I think for no, nothing else, you'd want him around for that because obviously his figure within Ring, Ring of Honor history makes complete sense. And I, I think, and with UJP, depending on what ROH looks like, if there is a weekly TV, I think that's where maybe you have him spend most of yeah. his time. And it's a special thing when he's on Dynamite. Not that I don't want to see him in the mix with those guys. And you mentioned, you know, a tag with Punk or something with Brian and Mox. I'm into it. But maybe that's, you know, where there is more space to, to do that. But, yeah, so far so good, really. Um, but loving, uh, loving seeing him in the mix. But I suppose the other, you know, we won't spend too much time on, uh, on AW type stuff uh, this week. We'll do a, a catch-up on the next show. But, you know, you, you both mentioned it earlier. Like, 
Am I right in saying you both preferred uh, FTR Bucks to, to FTR Briscoes? I know that's uh, probably right for you, Andy, considering you know where yeah. you're rating wise for uh, FTR Briscoes. Uh, yeah, this was the best of the two for you. Oh, e- easily for me. Um, just as I said earlier, just felt from the get go, you knew, you know, who, who, who the heels and the baby faces were, and uh, j- j- just crowd were into it. That that was a very hot crowd in uh, was it Boston. The crowd, Boston, yeah, 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 really, yeah. really hot crowd. So that instantly that adds something to the match, and I think mm. I bit on quite a, a number of the near falls, like near the end. It, no, for, for me, top top notch tag team wrestling. But plus, it, it, as well, was it? I think it was maybe under twenty minutes, so it didn't yeah. outlast it, outlast its welcome. As I think the FTR Briscoes one were about seemed about half an hour, didn't it? Yeah, I did, I did think that when they went to, to it, I was like, but the hell's only like 20 minutes of dynamite left here. And they, they pull the fast one, don't they, on commentary, they go, you know, we'll stay with the match if it goes long, which has still not happened yet since uh, we've been on TNT. But it's a good line, yeah. it works. It, it, had, it, you know, it makes it work in uh, in kayfabe terms. Um, I don't know, what about well, you, JP? I, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. sorry. Uh, well, I, was just, I was just going to make uh, one last point on the match, though. It it made that them two teams feel like the two big teams in um in AEW and made mm. Jurassic Express and Red Dragon well Jurassic Express especially feel like after thoughts and they've got your belt. That is an issue. Yeah. yeah. You forget who the champs are at times, don't you? Yeah. And it feels like it like this feud or where FTR at the moment it feels like it's logical for them to have the tag titles. Frankly, it feels like that's the direction you kind of really want to be going in. Um, I, I so I went four and a half on this one. I think it's one of the best TV TV matches. <laughs> I know. I think I and I tell you why because it didn't. And I I was higher on that first tag match between them than a lot of people. I think like um, particularly yourself. Count, this one didn't have. It was and. This one, I think, is better because it actually, ultimately, at its core, was a very old school Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express 80s tag match. It was all of the stuff that like I liked early on in the Briscoes match, like before it kind of went like a lot wilder. But it was ve- like a, so much like the hot tag sequences. I just thought were tremendous. Mm-hmm. I like, and it's very rare in this day and age that beat down segment beat down kind of sequences on someone actually feels like it connects with a crowd, but they really went with it. I thought the super kick from Nick Jackson, like was spectacular for it as well as, you know, the bucks coming out with more bang for your buck. I, I will always power and glory like finisher that superplex into the splash is something I will always love. I just thought this was absolutely cracking tag team wrestling. It, it didn't again, like I think there was just, for me, the reason why I preferred the Briscoes one is, A, I haven't seen that match, whereas this one I've seen once before. So there is an immediate kind of novelty to it. It feels like if you were building a tag division in a logical way, the three tag teams you'd have at the top would be FTR, the Briscoes, and the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's why Andy's comment earlier on, it just feels like Jurassic Express and Red Dragon are existing in a different world. And all the other tag teams are in an even more distant world where they're not involved with it. But this was a lot more restrained, I also thought, from like the Bucks as well. Like there wasn't the kind of levels of extravagance that you can get sometimes with them. And I think it it made 
for a for a kind of a much better match. Yeah. And it was big in this kind of well, I say it, it does seem still kind of weird that FTR are over as baby faces. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They're over as baby faces. Look look at the reactions they're getting as well. Like, you know, you had the mixed yeah, chance, like they're more cheering for FTR. They have yeah. they've turned you. And it may <laughs> and it may just seem like a weird fit to us considering where they've been all their careers, them as the babyface tag team. But I don't think you can argue with the results. Hell of a week. But like, <laughs> you don't, and also we, you sh- we forget we are so spoiled having these this kind of level of match. Like we don't see this all the time for even from AEW and they will quite often have one generally very good match every single week. This is the kind of stuff where you go, actually it makes their product kind of a must see interesting because i i was definitely lower on the match like i loved it great tv match i'd go four to like mm. so the briscoes ftr range for me was four and a half to 4.75 and as a coward i settled on four and a half this it's four to 4.25 i've probably got like a half a star less um on it but it was great for what it was you know for a great tv match like you say great old school tag with mm. you know everyone in the right role you know compared to that previous match which you know, did feel bloated and did have one too many callbacks and cutesy spots for me. It just didn't land for me. Whereas this, you know, it might sound like I'm dunking on it by giving it four to four point two five, but that's believe me, a lot more than I was willing to give the uh, the last one with the those two teams. But of the match of the mm. week, I think I'd still I'd still lean towards the uh, you know the Briscoes match. I I want that to be reality. It felt like the Briscoes almost almost having a bit of a goodbye moment after the match, but it getting crashed by the Bucks meant to me it wasn't really a goodbye and they're at least going to be in the mix with ROH even if there are issues with using them in AEW um, I do hope you know that that is the case um, and we do see them you know in, in, in ROH um, and we do see them at the level they're supposed to be I'd rather see that I think they're working fucking Effie and Alley Cat on GCW tonight um, you know <laughs> the Briscoe should have and they're doing Impact which I suppose you know Impact's been quite enjoyable the last few weeks but you know they they do belong on that higher plane and yes you know Jay Briscoe's comments were appalling at the time we've gone through it you know I would hope people change and grow and I'd hope the accounts of uh, people around them are true and the interview that Jake did a couple of weeks ago where he uh, again apologised um Hopefully mm-hmm. in some way to mean and if yeah maybe maybe the doors closed on AEW maybe that's justified but you know perhaps you know there's still a road for them in, in our at ROH because you know considering they've been doing this for twenty odd years and they're still at this level they don't look broken down whatsoever they still look in the prime of their career they're still there's something about them they just they feel like men when they're out there they're a proper tag team like and you don't get many of those i just hope that yeah there's still a place for them in the uh, in the current wrestling landscape because they belong right up there with their uh, with ftr in the books yeah um but yeah i suppose before we do move on to like general highlights of the, of the week any other thoughts on aw from this week um Christina and Adam Cole had a very professional wrestler match to, to open up the show. That was the uh, I thought it was a good match. Both, yeah. both yeah, no, I thought, I thought a very good opener. I went three and a half stars on that. Hot crowd as ever. Um, always worth it. You know, the formula bringing Adam Cole out with the music in, it always gets the crowd high top. 
Um, yeah. I liked um, them on that note. I liked Hangman Page just kind of not really taking him seriously because the rest of us yeah, are taking yeah. him seriously. Like he was just in yeah. his face and like, no, I'm the champion. Fuck you. I'm going to beat you in a Texas death match and probably one too many. Love that. Any gimmick matches for me in, in a yeah. short period, but whatever. It made him look like the man. Let's just do it on Rampage. Yeah. Get it over with. Adam Page over because we all know it's coming. Um, I was glad of that. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good it's, chance it's, on Rampage. Yeah, interesting. The obviously yeah. paying attention to the. I think it's the overall rating hasn't been concerned, but I think that slipping demo as we've been talking about JP is um, clearly got Tony's back up. Mm. It's like the rampage lineup for tonight and the rampage and that coming up next week. Well, he has. He's gone with a, what could only be described as a bizarre marketing technique for Rampage tonight. But there we are. Start fights with with yeah with uh, with with bar farms like yeah as, as you do. That's that's normally yeah. That's the way I deal with all my problems. Like, I, I tend to just blame blame it on 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 a group of lads in St. Petersburg. Um, but yeah, it's interesting they're putting on Rampage. That's a that's a, a like a, an interesting idea that that they're going to be doing that. I'm glad they're going to it sooner rather than later because I think you want to give this punk page stuff time if that's the direction for double or nothing, which I think that's what you do. Like, because that'll draw, it'll draw big mm. and it'll be like kind of fascinating to to see where they go with it. But in terms of AWI overall, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to remember what was on it. I mean, there was, I, um... I kind of remember to myself, there's, there's one what more called? There was a there was an all timer Wardlow segment to get brought in there. Yeah, Wardlow. Yeah, possibly that was if, awesome. If this counted for WrestleMania week, possibly the worst match of the week in the Butcher and the Blade versus the Hardys, where it wasn't oh, even the, mate. the content that Terrible. was the primary reason. It was that the wrestlers, the referee, and the commentary team yeah. were all on completely different wavelengths as to what the actual match was. What, what was that mess that was? Like that's another one. Like I've oh, seen Jeff Hardy do gimmick matches like three weeks in a row now. Like, come on, Tony, let's let's change gears. Like this was one too many. Mm. It just didn't work, did it? And it's also that Andrade family office. They can just bugger off now. I'm fed, up, I'm, fed, I'm fed up of seeing that bunch. Absolutely fed up of them. It just, it just keeps... It just never ends, that feud. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a dark and dark elevation style stable, generally. Yes. And I and I said before, like, Andrade, when he's in the ring and he's having matches, he's has great matches. And you, you look at him and go... They're using him horribly because he kind of should be a star. But also, there's things like about even his wrestling gear that is kind of odd. But yeah, you just see that stable. It's just, it's so bizarre and madcap that it doesn't really make sense. Like people, they don't fit together as a stable in any way. There's no kind of common theme. And it's, I know, like a stable has got two tag teams in it. If you've got one set of tag belts, do you know what I mean? It's just like a, little things like that. But like you say, they're just never away. They're no. always on. <laughs> always. Yeah, it's, like, it's a Hardy problem, isn't and it? Yeah, the, I, in time than anyone in the company. Mate, it is, and it is an issue for it as well, because it's just a waste. It's just like, look, can you just get to your Hardy Boys like dream tag team matches? Just mm. have them have these tag team matches in as well. Get them in there against FTR at some point. Been mentioning that for long enough. That should You build to that, that in and of itself. That's the kind of thing you should be doing a double or nothing really yeah. you should have them in the as much as i'm not excited about seeing the hardy boys in 2022 i get why you do it but i think it'll be them fucking around in this there's no one i think it will yeah 
and they want to, and they'll do Derby Jeff, Jeff Hardy as a singles match, which you know we'll have a look at that. See, that that'll be a fascinating demo rating if they do that on uh, on TV. <laughs> Does it break down like eighteen to forty nine, and then like former goths, current goths, hot title uh, customers? Basically, <laughs> I was going to say in the goth eighteen to forty nine, it's going to be big in that demo. How well it does in that eighteen to thirty five goth demo, I don't know. Goth fifty plus, hard to tell. Because I mean, like, <laughs> are they going to be like the goth who was in the it crowd in Noel Fielding, who was just like wearing makeup all the time, <laughs> like they're fifty years old? <laughs> Great reference. Oh uh, yeah, maybe goth with goth fifty plus. Maybe that's another uh, show title idea. But no, it was a uh, you know. I think we, we hit on like the main points of uh, of, of Dynamite this week. We also got a banger of a uh, an Eddie Kingston promo. We got more Julia Hart nonsense, which seems to be going down. A, a certain uh, magic path with uh, Mate, she's shit. the lads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad. No, look, Alexa bad. Bliss is bad enough that we need budget Alexa Bliss. Like, uh, that seems to be where we're going with that. But whatever. Yeah. It's, still a, it's still a very good show over, overall. And it had actually, the big Joe moment. You know, I'm not a Christian fan or not always an Adam Cole fan. That was a solid opener. Like I say, getting the Joe debut, getting that big main event, you know. Another good show, another million rating as well. You know, okay, a couple, a couple of tens of that. Another cracking Eddie Kingston shirt, mate. Oh yeah, is that as well? Yeah, yeah. Knock that out the. Uh, yeah, the Kenny Powers Eastbound and Down T-shirt. And he had to wear it two weeks in a row. Baseball jersey. Because that Jericho stuff was so clearly a yeah. say from last week. <laughs> like he was like, yeah, someone had forced him to throw on his uh, to make sure he had that change of clothes um, for both shows. Yeah. And just, just to say as well, they're getting Wardlow right. Yes. And can Sammy Guevara stop doing the card thing? It's oh, shit. It's he's gone. Hey, that, that bloody T-shirt not That T-shirt of Guevara and Conti's, who'd be seen dead wearing that oh. apart from them two Muppets? They're the new Cody and Brandy, If, they? if they're heels, then this works. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how, how are we in another situation? Where fucking Lambert is getting cheered, <laughs> like, and people are like, oh right. yeah, yeah, get, get get into them, Dan. Like that's that's what this view. I like Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara beforehand. I was kind of like, yeah, you know, takes a bit of time, but they've done really well. And immediately when they become on hit, it's like, no, you need to be heels. Yeah, mm. this just this doesn't work, and it's not going to connect with the crowds. They're going to turn against this quickly. You seem utterly like oblivious to, to why people might not like watching this stuff. Nah. It's just like, yeah, keep it on your Instagram, folks. Because it's kind of nice. It's just like, oh, what a nice young couple. But dude, it's dead well, on the screen, as, uh, as Simon says. But yeah, we'll see where mm. that goes. But... It's wrestling couple, mate. It won't last. And I'm while we're getting worked <laughs> up about it. That is true. But no, we talked a great match there and a terrible match. And if we're not, we're not counting AEW, uh, I think that's probably fair to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, me and you, JP, watched uh, a shitload of uh, Indian. WrestleMania weekend mm-hmm. stuff over the weekend. I suppose not all indies, you know, ROH, New Japan, and uh, an impact in the mix as well. And I know uh, you watched uh, a lot as well, uh, didn't you, Andy? You were uh, kind of uh, in the mix there uh, watching stuff. You were the you were the wise man who warned me not to watch uh, the uh, the full cluster from Joey Janela's Spring Break. I did not heed that advice, and ninety minutes later, I was sat there wondering uh, how I'd made the life decisions that led to me. Being sat in that room watching the <laughs> fucking shit show of a match. <laughs> we can get to the terrible stuff uh, from the weekend in a minute, but if we talk broad strokes the weekend and maybe some of our, our favourite stuff from it, I mean, I thought this was a really good Mania weekend. I think I think I think Mania being two days wasn't something I'd really considered because we haven't really had it in a proper fans can attend WrestleMania weekend. And 
Mm. It, it forced the indies to be consolidated. Because really, what was it this year? It was Thursday, Friday night. And there were a couple of struggle mm. shows on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. The, the small matter of a, an NXT show that, you know, took place at like 11 in the morning or whatever time it was on that, you know, didn't exactly feel like the pride of place of takeover we got in the past, but certainly made it more watchable for me. And it was, believe can you miss it? The weekend was kind of gone. And, you know, yes, that Friday mm. was maybe overstacked and you could have balanced that out a little bit. And I think companies are cowards, really. If I, if I was them, I'd be I'd be running right before Mania, or I'd even be tempted to go, like, go head-to-head if you're feeling brave in your, in your GCW, but they did all, all pile their stuff in into the two nights, but I felt like the water level was high this year. I thought we got a lot of memorable matches. I didn't get as burnt out on seeing the same venues over and over again, although that WrestleCon venue did test my patience. Um, there wasn't as much yeah. indie muck kind of forced in, where you're kind of forcing yourself to pretend this IWTV match between two guys you've seen wrestle 18 times this weekend is is better than it really is in front of the same two rows of people type of stuff. There wasn't that to bear me out. Maybe I was better at picking and choosing. Maybe the the higher level stuff was was hard, was easier to find. But I don't know. To you, JP, first. I mean, yeah, I, I would rate this up there with the the classic Mania weekends. Really, we had some all time matches. We had some all-time great shows or at least one particular all-time great show i will uh give a shout out to in a minute um yeah it really worked for me this year and while it was uh, definitely hard work to, to keep up with it all i think it was uh it was worthwhile this year compared definitely compared to the shit show last year was oh i think so i think the like just the fact it was filtered and that you had for the most part very good workers and last year was so bad for like the other stuff outside of Manny was so, so bad. And this year kind of made up for it. Um, and you had a lot of good workers around the place, some of whom inexplicably weren't as over as overexposed as they should be, which is what we had last year's loads of people being really overexposed. Um, but I think there was most of the big shows generally had one or two very good matches on there. And that's re- realistically what we can kind of expect. If you're going to an independent wrestling show, if you have two very good matches on it, you kind of think that's all right. And as long as nothing else really shits the beds, you've gone and had a, had a good time. And I think there was a lot of that throughout there. And, uh, you know, what we didn't perhaps have is, you know, is there a new breakout star or anyone else kind of coming out of it? I'm not quite sure there was that kind of position, but I'm not sure there was that many shows for people to be able to do that. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think if it just sets a decent quality level for what these shows should be, the kind of crowds you want for this, because you don't want to, at least you don't end back as we've had in mania weekends and years gone by, we're watching shows and there might be 60 people there. And you're seeing like quite big stars at the time on the indie. We forget that that wasn't that long ago before like WWE started hoovering up a lot of the indie talent you'd have big stars on shows where they just weren't drawing anyone. And that's kind of where they are. Um, so I think, yeah, this was definitely like one of the better weekends. And like you, Ben, it just kind of like that Friday was a, a hell of a kind of slog. But generally on the whole, there wasn't like, it wasn't as overstacked as it would be. Yeah, It wasn't like intimidating for it. And it's like GCW for once kind of, by their standards, got their shit in relatively quickly. How did you find it, Andy? Um, what were you doing? Were you picking and choosing? I know you, you weren't really covering it podcast-wise. You were, imagine this, watching wrestling for fun. Um, don't know, you watched yeah. WrestleMania weekend for fun, mate, but you were, <laughs> you made a good go, but it seemed like you were watching a lot. 
Yeah, no, I ended up watching uh, Bloodsport on the Thursday. I thought that was a really good show, but very sociable hours oh. as well. It finished about 11, half 11, which was uh, lovely. So, it, it, some great stuff on there. I think that was that seemed like the biggest crowd of the weekend. When, 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 once the, um, like the broadcast started, it just looked packed. Mm. Looked a really good uh, presentation. That. The WrestleCon like Super Show, I thought, was a, a very, a very good show. The the issues with our WrestleCon venue was very much like the mic, the the miking up of the place. Yeah, you could you could hardly hear any of the music and uh, what have you, any of the promos after. But no, it, it was a very fun show. The Bandido and Mike Bailey, I, I enjoyed, and I know the dirty the Dirty Dishes match were a bit, you know. It was what it was, what it was really. But no, no overall, that was a good show. The GCW shows, yeah, very, very mixed, mixed bag with them ones. Um, I think the oldest show I saw, which had like less than sixty people there, with that JCW versus LA fights thing on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on Friday, on Friday tea time, that was uh, sending a uh, grapple Gareth under as well. Oh, was that the one? <laughs> yeah, that, that that was the one. I, uh, I you was said just it was the worst match of the weekend. Was on that show. I think it might. Have, I think it might have been the Billy Starks match. She, she seems to get a name for herself on the indies over there. She's fucking terrible, uh, um, but it, it just it just felt like um, if you think like oh the top end of that US Indies at the moment is much better than it was last year. Well, the bottom level of US Indies is terrible. It, it seemed like stuff that should be on like a lower level like UK Brit rest show. To be honest. Um, but yeah, are we no, talking no. Welsh wrestling levels? Welsh wrestling levels, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah that that were terrible. Um, and yeah, p- apart from that, just like the uh, GCW show, the Spring Break Part Two, which I saw on Saturday morning. That was a low point of the weekend, I've got to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I think Spring Break is over. I think I think we can learn oh, that it- from Media Weekend. Yeah, I I, I I think I was saying, saying to the both of you at weekend, Joey Janela mm. feels like Keith Lemon. He used to be funny <laughs> about three or four years ago. Now he's totally jumped the shark. Yeah, I, I've I've still got a, a soft spot for him, and I still watch these shows. And it's funny because, like, obviously we were on with Jamesy talking the Saturday show, and my biggest complaint was it didn't. It was all right. It felt like a mid-sized to upper-sized GCW show. But it didn't feel like spring break, you know. It just felt like no. a, any old GCW mm. show, you know. Yes, X Pac was there, and Joey Janela fucking that, dragged that poor fella into into, into door spots and all kinds. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, that, that um, the match on part uh, not the not the X Pac one, but the match on part two with uh, Matt Cardona and Chris Dickinson, which you know was supposedly built up as a, like this heat heated matchup, and then they just went out and had a normal match. I thought, God, God, that was. That were a bit shy, weren't it? Fact, it was it was a good a good job. You like so Biff Music and Tony Deppinet were on next, and Mike Bailey had a match with Jordan Oliver. I thought what? that was a very good match. Yeah, that was Thank good. It was good good job good job. Them two matches were there because the rest of the show was yeah dog shit. Well, that's the thing. Day one didn't feel like spring break, and I was almost complaining no. about it on the podcast. 
and then day two very much felt like spring break and i was like actually i don't think i want this anymore i think i just I think it's just done yeah. as a concept because yeah day one didn't have much memorable other than like i say xbox being dragged into joey janela's style of match which probably didn't feel like the best thing for uh for xbox health but you know i suppose it was memorable but Outside of that, it just felt like a bog-standard GCW show. And you're right, that second mm-hmm. day did have, you know, a fun undercards. Like, i probably a bit higher on card owner and Dickinson than you, Andy. But at the same time, yeah, I get what you're saying. It didn't feel like a like a blood feud. Depp and Biff Busick was a very good pro wrestling match. Spoobal mm-hmm. Mike Bailey, which mm-hmm. I've got lots more to say about, was uh, was great yeah. in there with Jordan Oliver. Minoru Suzuki and Effie even was fine. You know, it was... Effie inserted into Minoru Suzuki match. You know, it wasn't exactly the most creative thing you'll ever see in your life, but... Fun to see Minoris as like he being up for like, you know, the kissing spots and all of that stuff. And, you know, it was fun itself. It was just the 90 minute clusterfuck that killed it, mate. <laughs> that was the moment where New Spring Break was dead. Like, it was just, uh, and I, I was what the first 20 minutes of that. I was like, ah, you know, I think Andy's being a bit harsh on this. Ah, it's, it's not so bad. You know, Joey Janela playing Steve Austin in, uh, in Rumble 97, eliminating people, both Bagwell turning up. And then as soon as that guy steel guy came out, which was a joke that did not land for me and I didn't yeah. know what was going on. I thought he was gonna unmask and be someone interesting. Nope. Just a shit Shikara gimmick. Um, yeah. and then there was another hour of it and yeah, I well, it, got, it got funny when you know your lights as Slade just thought, ah, balls to this. Slade has left the building, <laughs> even he didn't want to be part of it. Even he didn't want to be part of it. But um it was rough no, Was there no commentators who were high during it? Normally funches would make it. No, not really, no. It, it was just weird. It didn't it seem ended. particularly amusing. No, it, well, that's the thing. The last half hour was just, it was a slug of guys coming out. And then the heel faction, because apparently faction can win this, just kind of won. And then they faded oh. to black and it was over. And it was no big, big angle, no big point made. It was just like, it was like putting the show to sleep. It was like, we just need to end it, this. Just, just it, 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 it was that spot with um, Josh Barnett uh, being tapped out by Jimmy Wang Yang's oh, daughter. He was trying to do that show. Uh, and she was just like, he, he was like, oh, twist me like this way. And like, oh, my God, it was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing, and I don't think we're breaking, has- you know, I don't think we're, we're, we're breaking any news there, Andy, to say the clusterfuck no. was bad, but it was a level of bad. This one that even yeah. I, on a media weekend, couldn't get enjoyment out of. Yeah. It's just yeah, the, 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 basically they ran out of ideas, and I think Janelle has been on Twitter yeah. since saying this was probably the last proper spring break because. I don't think they have got it. It was a great creative thing when he said, oh, we'll bring Glacian. Oh, you know, Orange Cassidy's facing whoever. Oh, here's No Legs. Oh, here's the Invisible Man. And kind of it's everyone's doing that stuff now on the Indies. So, like, yeah, not like Spring Break special anymore. And I think we found out on this mini weekend. Not more, nothing they uh, delivered here. You got you got both Bagwell coming out to American males. Surely you must have fought for that one. I did. Yeah, it was all, it was all started so well. Unfortunately, the fucker can't walk. So oh no, <laughs> I feel like you could you could have uh, give Scotty Riggs a book in there, and he could have uh, helped out with the physical end of it. Um, I'm guessing based on our review, you never bothered getting around to that JP the uh, the cluster book no. when you were uh, no. when you did I've, the podcast about it on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was hearing it was seeing what Andy had written. And it was hearing what you and uh, and um, what you had said about it. It was like, yeah, this is complete dog shit. It was on the Saturday, wasn't it? It was in the car when you were talking on the, yeah. like on the, yeah, like you were you were talking about it. Then it was just like, Jesus, this sounded like shite. I did go out of my way though to watch. I'm going to talk probably to, all we end up talking about him. I did watch Mike Bailey, Jordan Oliver, as a kind of trying to do some Mike Bailey completism of the of the weekend. I'll talk about this weekend, mate. Sums up that. Mm. 
is it easy to go into performer of the weekend? Because for that, it feels like an absolute no-brainer. You give for me, me matches that it's him. Good as like, and it's not like we're talking five-star matches. Mate. Bear in mind, he had like twenty to do over the weekend. But like yeah. the White match, the Alex Shelley match, you know, Alex match, Shelley Jordan match, Jordan, yeah, Yui Yamura in Bloodsport. Oh, of course, yeah, we'll get into Bloodsport. Um, absolutely, you know that yeah. Bandido was, at WrestleCon. Yeah, there was a lot of people's match of the night on that night as well. He was there wasn't many people who were all over this weekend, which was probably a benefit. But I like I've said yeah. a few times now, Mike Bailey's one where I won't complain. He comes out, it's like might be the twentieth time I've seen him that day. I'll be like, oh cool, I'm gonna see another Mike Bailey match. This will be fun. He's consistent, isn't he? He was just, I was I was glad to see. I'll go through like the top eight grapple matches, but I was glad to see two of us, two of his, you he, know, the, the non WrestleCon matches in the mix because he was he was missed the WrestleMania weekend this this year. Oh, absolutely. I think it's like a, it's a really good combination of he's fresh for a lot of people. It's certainly in the states who haven't had a chance to see him, but also in those five years, he's he's such a well-rounded wrestler. So he can kind of pretty much work with anyone and still manage to work a lot of his spots in. I mean, remember Suit saying, like, I'm amazed the guy can walk after the amount of kind of shooting star double knees that he ends up doing. But it is, it's it's genuinely kind of incredible. But I didn't see the Cole Radrick match and people were going like kind of very high on that one as well. He was the one who was just, he, he on every card he was on, he tended to have a really good match that got over with the fans that was there. And it was the level of consistency. And I talk about this a lot about like, if you're an indie show, I'm not expecting five-star matches. But if you're delivering really good matches around that sort of three and a half to four-star range, you're rarely going to find a better guy out there to do that. And he does it in a way that is like, you know, it, it, it's not a shtick. Like some of the stuff he does is kind of a trope, but you're still slightly incredulous he manages to do it. And yeah, I I thought there was some like overall like when I watched the match um, with Alex Shelley that he had, and I thought like that I thought that was a that was a cracking match on the Impact show, and it was the Jay White one, wasn't it on the um, on the New Japan show as well? I was just like Jesus, like this guy is pretty much the highlight of every card he has been on this weekend. I mean, he's hands down kind of performer. Of it, but it's it, but it's also the challenge he was set. Like you say, he was the one who was booked everywhere. He was the one who was doing the kind of Iron Man thing that other yeah. wrestlers have had to do before. But the consistency level, and I liked how actually, I think it was on, was it on the Impact show, the New Japan show, on the commentary they bring it up. Look how beaten up he is. Look how many matches he's had over this time period. It might have been the Impact one, and you're just thinking, Jesus, there's no he's no right really to be delivering the level of matches he was doing. And he started the whole thing off with a fucking blood sport match. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I'd say, I'd say if he was performer of the weekend, uh, you know, I think match of the weekend is kind of sewn up with, well, for me, FDR Briscoe's, I don't know if Andy might disagree, but I think if it wasn't that, it probably took place on the show of the weekend, which I think we might be unanimous in saying is blood sports. And, and inc- you know, well, what, what, what do you reckon, Andy? What, what would you, would they be fair to say they're your picks or is it something off? Um, I think I think for like show of the weekend probably blood sport and maybe and possibly like the impact show. Mm. I, I watched that back today. The impact show. I thought there wasn't really any bad matches on mm. it. Yeah, I thought it was solid, solid two and a half hour um, show. Especially like the uh, Alex Shelley match and also Chris Sabin and Jay White. Yeah, I was thinking was about Jay White. AEW haven't used him for a while, have they? No. That's all gone a bit. <laughs> all gone a bit. All gone a bit quiet. But um, now that 
Yeah. Uh, but the uh, Blood Sports show, yeah, the uh, Mopsley and Biff Busick. Biff Busick, I've been impressed with him this weekend. He, he just yeah. takes, he, he don't give a toss, does he? He's <laughs> going there for a fight and uh, a bit end up like Terry Butcher at the end of it, weren't he? <laughs> <laughs> he really did. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for FDR Briscoe's JP, that'd probably be the match of the weekend, wouldn't it, Moxley Biff? Yeah, that was. Yeah, we had a great time talking that with it James and Blood on, uh, on on the podcast, and yeah, I was sad to learn in the car that that, uh, that Gareth is just just not getting into the blood sports style. It wasn't so much for him, but um, I, think I it, see it his point. Standout match of the night. Oh yeah, it was. It, it. I mean, I I would agree. Like for the match of the weekend for me is the FTR Briscoes. I mean, do you know what you're talking about? Match of the week uh, show of the weekend I, I think there's a good argument for Wrestlemania day one <laughs> you like, oh, like I think I think there is a like I, I don't like I, I, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to say it but I think there's a decent enough argument of something that controversial, kind of lived up I can hear Matty screaming it's it Wrestlemania <laughs> biggest company in the world delivering on a big show like you think yeah this should be their wheelhouse this should be better than independent promotions for the most part um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think it was um, like you mentioned. Like there was some other, like the blood sport show. Like the there are just when it go when it doesn't look good, which is Zayda Zhang versus Marina Shafir. Yeah, then it's really bad and it's quite embarrassing to watch. And it's just like, why are you watching people doing an impersonation of MMA? Mm. Like it's just fake MMA. Why would you? Why would you not watch real MMA? Um, but and then JR when they get it right. And you're like, okay. I'm exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and when they get it right, they manage to get it as like stiff, technical, violent pro wrestling mm-hmm. rather than grapple fuck, which it can go down that route of. And, but like, I, I still like love the blood sport show. I'm still like glad it exists as a concept. I think it can separate itself from the Josh Barnett branding, but then that might well do something, but that's what appearing on the Joe Rogan experience will probably do in 2022. Um, But that was good. I thought the impact show was good. The hour and a half of the new Japan show in and of itself wasn't that bad. I mean, I laughed at killer cross Minoru Suzuki. That made me like, just watching for a 90 minute show. Livid. You'd be paid for it. A show going like, okay, we talk about optimum lengths of show. If it was a Welsh wrestling show and it went an hour and thirty-eight, I'd be fine with it. If it was blood, if it was an independent, if it was blood sport and it went like two hours, I think it's just what you can deliver on two hours. Like you can do that. I think that's as that's good enough for it. But yeah, blood sport is the only show that could get away with it. Outside of that, like there's nothing like an hour and up for New Japan as well. I just like you're taking the piss. However. There was stuff on the New Japan show that I kind of liked. Like I liked the the multi man tag that they had um, near the start as well. Um, Ishii Dickinson was was like kind of fine for what it was. Like I mentioned about the Jay White like Bailey hard hitting. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of stuff to kind of enjoy. Well, I say a lot of stuff. There was stuff in it to enjoy. There just wasn't a lot of it, was there? Because <laughs> there. There, New Japan need to learn that fucking quickly, but they won't because it's not in their DNA. Well, no, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the New Japan show. I enjoyed the Impact show. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed most of the WrestleCon stuff, even if I did get sick of of the venue by the end of the weekend. Um, but no, I, I think for me, yeah, you know, I would have liked to see more Oku 
Yeah. Michael Oku would like to see yeah. a bit more of him. He was good. On shows, he went over, didn't he? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, and, he, and he was over, like, right through. Did you see his um, yeah. For the Culture performance, Andy? That's one I missed. Yes, yeah, in the for, for the Culture one, which uh, I thought, oh, it's a surprise appearance. Didn't expect him on there. But no, every, every time he did spots with the crowd, the crowd were into him. Um, I thought the uh, six-man tag on the WrestleCon show was very good. Mm, I'd love yeah. to see sort of like him and Josh Alexander if they did a match at York Hall, um, something like that, or an Ace Austin. It's all fit, it's fitting very well. I'm not seeing the um, Rich one match. Um, that's the only one I've not seen of him. But I, I think, think he got USA over versus there. the World show, isn't it? That one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that. I think he got over very well, and uh, good, good to good to see. Yeah. No, it was, and I, you know, I was glad at least he got on one GCW show. Even you know, it was just for the culture he did, and not one of the uh, the evening shows. But still, you know, that was a, a good sign. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like I say, I'm with you guys. Performer of the weekend is definitely Mike Bailey. Yeah, match of the weekend definitely come. If it's not FTR Briscoes, it it's got to be Moxley Biff. The the blood in that, and how how well Moxley works yeah. in that style because he goes in these fish mm. out of water. He's just a bar brawler. At UFC one, who's been put in with like a jujitsu expert or like a karate man or something like that, and he finds a way to bite and claw his way through. It's always entertaining. That's my favorite part of Bloodsport. Those types of styles clash matches, unless the the grapple fuck like like you said, JP. But up and down, I thought that was a really enjoyable sh- you know show. Even just getting to see Ninja back without his mask on, and you know, and even when it's bad, I, I kind right. of. Bit of a, yeah, it was great. One, and I got a bit of entertainment out of that. You know, got a bit of entertainment out of uh, Chris Dickinson having a meltdown at the end of it. Just all in all, a, a great way to kick off the weekend. I, I think I'd have the blood sports show like head and shoulders um, above uh, everything else. But there was there was a high water level this weekend. There was a there was a lot of good stuff, a lot of stuff to to recommend and to to pick and pick and choose from. Mm. I mean. I suppose on the negative side, <laughs> the stuff they wouldn't, and you know, me and Andy both mentioned, you know, mm. wasn't Janelle's spring break was a bit of a bust for me this year, and Andy wasn't big on the uh, the the, uh, the JCW show. James mentions in the chat there NXT on the Saturday wasn't exactly takeover mm. level, was it? It was it was fine. I mean, it was it was more just funny laughing at you know the ghost of Walter um, and seeing what you know what's left of him. Oh, he... what's going on? Like he's not Walter anymore. <laughs> It's like you can't you nice. can't make a big deal of the big the big wrestler going to the top rope in it in a splash if he's not a big wrestler anymore. He's just an average sized man. <laughs> he looks like yeah. he's like Axel Dieter too. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> it doesn't work. He's supposed to be this big bear of a man. Like what are they, what's going on? Like yeah. I was so shocked to see he's, him on that show. He's got he's going fifty fifty with um LA Knight yeah. on in that match. And like this this week you're against Bron Brecker, you know, for the title. Yeah. And Bron Brecker just like Lifting him up like just not. like that. It's like this. This is not our Walter. No, um, but it looks like they said like they're calling him up to the main roster. He's just gonna look so out of place. <laughs> well, the thing that made him unique was the kind of idea that he was a wrestler, not a fucking bodybuilder. Yeah. I always think that's part of the appeal. It's like I think people miss that with Keith Lee at times. It's the idea of a man look the way he does doing the things that he does. And it's the same way that like, it's like Samoa Joe back in 2005. It's like, it's part of the kind of aesthetic. Now, obviously you might just think more for for his own personal reasons. I want to get a bit more into shape, kind of get that. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of, it just felt like such a dramatic change that it, it kind of requires like a kind of a a change of move set. At which point, well, it's not 
obviously it's not Walter. It's not Gunter, not classic Gunter, not not Gunny Daniel Gunter anyway, which is the top notch of all the of the all only the gunny I recognize. It's the only gunny I recognise there as well. Um, but it, it just almost feels like it, it's it, they've taken everything else away from him. This is mm-hmm. one of the other things. So at what point, who is he? It doesn't bear any resemblance to a wrestler that we were seeing and were loving seeing around Europe for such a long time. And as well, he lost the theme as well. That's gone. Yeah. yeah. Generic Imperium. Yeah. It's not even copyright. What is it? Fucking ridiculous. Free use, isn't it? Surely. You know, odd. Yeah, it's free use. Yeah. Gotta own everything. That's what they do. Um but yeah, it was weird watching that NXT show. I don't think I had a bad time watching it. It just kind of washed over me, but you know, I seeing um, you know, where Champer and Triple H have this big emotional moment. I felt like such a I was just watching it. Mm. Come on, like, what are they crying about? I don't get it. Like it, NXT's gone. Like, it doesn't exist anymore. Maybe that is what they're crying about. Uh, I suppose I do get, you know, most of the Triple H to be out in front of the fans, as he was at WrestleMania as well. Um, you know, make sure he gets his moments. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it just, it isn't, you know, it's not breaking news to say it, but it's it's a completely different animal, isn't it? And you go in with different expectations and you'd expect a different level of wrestling, which you got on this show. You know, a lot of a lot of three-star performances, a lot of lads in a lot of match mm-hmm. that couldn't, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe aren't uh, trained up to the level that they should be in those types of ladder matches, taking I... those types of bumps, but... I enjoyed TB Alpaca versus um, Terry Phelan on the pre-show. I thought that was great. <laughs> better than that ROH pre-show, eh, mate? It was Terry much Phelan. better. Than... <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you heard about that? That's that's who's coming back in. Him versus the 1990s Republic of Ireland squads. Him versus Jeff Kenner is a match. <laughs> Him versus Gareth Farrelly, obviously, Benno, will come into play. Well done. Look forward to the daily updates being back next week, mate. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. There's not much. I've slept today. Am. <laughs> uh, any other highlights or lowlights of the weekend for you, lads? Anything else you wanted to mention? Um, lowlights. Just so gone straight into that. Um, just having a look here now. I'm I'm struggling. The lowlights are because I didn't watch the clusterfuck, and it feels like that was the obvious lowlight. I almost want to think like a good part of the lowlight is possibly GCW. I think there's mm-hmm. things possibly about them that it felt like they'd lost a bit of their mojo recently, and it seems to be ever since the Hammerstein show. They've just not really clicked into gear. They've like it feels like the things that they should sort out if they're ever going to progress, like we've said at the time, they don't want to. And I think that this weekend they kind of, they've got their tropes of what sells and what works for them over the, over this weekend. They stick to it. The problem is, is it's, is it's playing like a weird version of Mookie ball, isn't it? You're just doing the same things, hoping for the same reactions. But I think there's a point where creatively, and you guys spoke about it with the clusterfuck. It's like, well, where are they as a company? Um, Mm -hmm. Like they, back, mate, it, he'll save them or make it worse. One of the well, two. If, well, yeah, exactly. Well, here is uh, Liam mentions here in the chat the big low light was the draft selection at the walkabout. I just stopped <laughs> the Guinness. I knew where I was standing. Yeah, I went punk IPA. <laughs> True to gimmick. <laughs> but yeah, I, actually, I, I overall um, thought I thought it was an enjoyable Mania weekend. And WrestleMania itself yeah. wasn't half bad, you know. You're not going to go as far, JP, as calling it the uh, the show of the weekend. But yeah, it was all a, you know, if if you p- picked and chose, it was all very watchable. Um, and even when it wasn't, yeah. it was funny. So yeah, good Mania weekend in the books, I'd say. 
Definitely so. Definitely so. Brilliant. Well, yeah, yeah I think that's pretty much. Oh, go on, JP. I was going to say for everyone, if you want to use the grapple app like I did when you're mm-hmm. playing catch up and you think of the stuff you want to see, go in there, have a look at the matches that are doing very <laughs> yeah. well because generally they're doing well for a reason. And I think that's something that was that I found useful when I was doing catch up of stuff during the week this week, like going in and going, okay, what is the stuff from the impact show that I need to 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 watch and the rest of it? No, good point. And then like seeing the, yeah. Gareth, if people haven't seen it, Gareth put out like a list of like the top you know matches of the weekend. And mm. Frisco's FDR was top by a country mile, four point seven five average. Even at the time he did that, um, the blood sport uh, Moxley Biff was a clear second of four point two one. Then it was kind of as we talked about Sasha Bianca, um, Gresham mm-hmm. Bandido surprisingly was a fourth, got an average mm-hmm. of four stars. Seth Cody Ooh. is just below four stars. Saving Jay White, which we raved about, Alex Shelley, yeah. Mike Bailey, which we raved about, and another mm-hmm. Mike Bailey Jay White match kind of round out the eight, which you know tells you again if you know if Res- was worth the bother of putting her on the app, I'm sure Bailey would be on this list you know more times, but says everything about the, yeah. the strength of, of his weekend, but. That's a pretty high level, really, and there's a couple you might uh, grumble about the uh, the average on. Um, like I say, I feel like Knoxville and uh, and Sami Zayn should be in there, but yeah, it shows you the quality we had this weekend. We did, and we had quality for once. Which, considering that last time round it was shit. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember the fucking weird? <laughs> oh, sicking car parks, goth Leo Rush. It was awful. Bloody awful. New Jack. He oh, will actually yeah, win. Yeah. He was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Sweet Prince. Hey. Well more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, shooting on people. Do it. Well, the hologram of him, like he's fucking two-pack. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, yeah. I will say that, actually, some of the worst stuff still is, why did WWE bother with those giant fucking things of Rome, bad Roman reigns cart. Like, who is that there to appeal to? <laughs> them, two, them, two, them two snakes, like you've got a, yeah. RK bro, like you've got a strike at the ball, I think someone said. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is like that. Oh, that's the worst, yeah. It does, it does look like, he was like stomp, stomping through the streets, doesn't he? Um, the big Roman blonde. Right. Yeah. Odd, odd. Uh, I was gonna say as well. Speaking of like wild characters on the weekend, gotta th- send a shout out for Loki being Loki and uh, starting that fight with that fan. <laughs> yes. He actually wasn't Loki being Loki because he put someone over at the end of it. But it was it was a great uh, Loki completely ruining the match by taking mm. issue with one person in the front row kind of a uh, performance. So I enjoyed that. That gave me some uh, nostalgia feels too. As far as uh, never changed, Brandon. Never changed. <laughs> Oh, he's the king. But yeah, there we go. So yeah, like like JP said, get your ratings in it on the grapple app. If you disagree with uh, with any of those ratings here, and if you haven't already, yeah, subscribe to our, our Patreon where we did uh, go through each day um, and do uh, detailed uh, recaps of uh, each of the shows as they happened, including the two WrestleMania shows from a car. And if that's not enough, you can get the uh, the full two hours odd of uh, of our live performances uh, from Leeds with uh, with a greater. Uh, live uh, there with us uh, audience and you also get Andy r- ringing out the uh, the uh, the raffle scores as well so all of that is uh, is there to have a, a patreon.com slash grapple but yeah other than that any plugs Andy anything you want to mention um yeah follow me podcast GCP podcast one on Twitter we, we actually did a review of our trip to Avro FC if you if you want mm. to know about uh, footy scram and uh Fifth tier of non-league football. That's the uh, podcast for you. 
There you go. Check that out. And yeah, awesome. here, me and Andy on uh, on British Wrestling Experience. So we've got to talk about Brit Res again next week, mate. So hey. I love that. <laughs> anyway. Love that. Are you going to do that Paradigm Pro Wrestling thing? I think you're going to have to. Oh, we got a, got a request for that on Twitter, didn't we? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what Go on, lad. Uh, he's only got three months left, so uh, we'll be nice to him. Uh, but yeah, anything else to plug on, MJP? Is that everything? MCU later. I'll be on this week with uh, with WH. Um, that'll be on uh, on Thursday. It's Easter holiday, so I can have a late one. And I'm sure we'll get a patron show up in the next week as well. Oh, definitely. We've got some plans yeah. for that. We'll uh, run through with our oh, patrons yeah. uh, afterwards. But yeah, that's it for us for another show. We'll check you again. Probably not Monday or Tuesday, but um, you know, in a week or so, um, we anyway. to catch up on. This is kind of a two-week show, cool catch-all type of thing. Yeah. Um, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. There you are. Bye.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.